virtually every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own This is a special question. We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it ganja. To have me, sir. Really, honestly, you're a legend, a legend. So proud to be here with you. Oh, well. Oh, whoa. Wait I don't a know minute. About Which that. one of us were you talking about? <laughs> Both of you. How's that? Oh, oh okay. it says no sound. Oh, I, got says, I got it. I got it now. Okay. Just hearing it from a couple seconds ago. Oh, jeez. All right. I'm making sure we're not wasting we're our just time. We're working on no, technical difficulties because the budget on this show, Montel, do you remember the budget on your TV show? Yeah, the hundreds. It's in the hundreds. Whatever it's crazy. The it's in all the way in the TV show. We're like way, 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 yeah. way down here. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's in the hundreds, let me tell you. Um, so thanks for – yeah, well, we're, we're proud to have you on the show. We've, I've seen you at a bunch of shows. Um, you know, obviously you've been in the industry now for a few years, and you've been involved since, what, 99, I guess is believe, when you first sort of kind of had the epiphany of – He was in it when other celebrities didn't want to come close to cannabis because they were all afraid of something happening to them. And he wore the bullseye on his chest for a long time for us. So I give you my applause. Yes, thank you, man. I can't hear Montel. Can you guys hear him? In five, three, two, can you read? Yeah. It keeps, it keeps uh, giving you the, like, the audio canceling type of thing going on. I don't understand why. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can kind of hear you, but... We just have to be That's careful not to, step on, to not step on top of you. That's all. Okay. Well, no. I mean, you know, I've, I've been around now in the industry since really 20, uh, 2000. Um, I got diagnosed with MS in uh, 1999 and early 2000 and shifted over to cannabis as my number one medication in about 2001 and literally have been an advocate and out advocating in the space publicly since then, long before it became Vogue, long before it became the green rush and the gold rush. You know, I was out there, I think, and, and I appreciate it, David, what you said, but I mean, you know, there's, there's a time when I had a pretty big bullseye right on the middle of my chest. And there weren't a lot of people coming out to, to give you support. Yeah, and now and now you see the opposite, right? Where everybody's everybody's trying to have a brand, and everybody's trying to become, uh, you know, incorporated. And, we, and I, of course, when it's when you're learning about it from, where are we getting a brief feedback? Am I getting feedback from someone? Yeah, that, is that from the speakers or? I think so. All right, someone. Sorry, I'm getting. <laughs> um, <laughs> But if it's uh, when it comes from like the from either a medical situation like yourself or or helping out a family member, it's amazing to see how quickly people's whole perception changes, right? Because they realize like, wait a minute, this is so much better than what we call the pharmaceuticals. You know, the 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 pharmaceutical industry, which is you know poised on fixing, oh, never fixing the problem from the right way. It's always coming from from uh, how to extend that. <laughs> how can we extend this illness for like maybe the rest of your life or something? Um, did you get a lot of pushback? I mean, obviously, you got a lot of pushback, but what did you get from your doctor? Like when you told your doctors the first time, like, hey, you know, I'm doing my own thing. Or, did you get a well, lot? I, 
was, it was really what was really amazing is that I had a and I won't give that the name of the doctor, but I had a horrible trained doctor who was a neurologist who literally suggested cannabis to me over the pharmaceuticals that he had been prescribing for me because this is back in 2000 when he recognized that I was going to be a good candidate for opioid addiction if he could put me down the path of writing me prescription after prescription after prescription for as many opioids as I could get. And I was chasing that opioid uh, um, demon for a while and getting nothing out of it. And so I remember when I went back to see him, he said, listen to me, I'm not writing you another prescription and I know what you're doing. I know you've been doctor for shopping. And I've called four of them that you've gotten scripts from and they're not gonna write you anymore. So you're done. You're gonna have to figure out another way to fight this pain. And he said, and I'm gonna tell you something that I know and I will never say that I said this, his exact words, I will never say I told you this, but I've heard from other MS patients like yourself who have said that they get relief out of this, this marijuana stuff. And that's exactly how I said it, out of this marijuana stuff. And I don't know what it is that they're using to some weird kind of marijuana. It's like some CBDB do, CBDB He didn't even understand what cannabinoids was. Sure. It was that what you need to do is got to go out and try to search out CBD and see if you can get something with a higher rate of CBD in it. I recognized that. I immediately went to the study, realized immediately that back in 2002 and in 1999, our government had filed for a patent that it ended up giving itself in 2002 for CBD and read the abstract and recognized that it was what I was looking for. Because in the abstract, it talks about how powerful an anti-inflammatory, antioxidant cannabinoids can be, and especially CBD. Mm-hmm. So now watch this. Back in 2001 or 2002, I would go into the Bay Area and try to find some CBD-laden cannabis, and most people up there were throwing it out. If it came in too high CBD, they didn't want it. So I found a couple of people who were growers who literally would just say, hey, I'll give you this keef. I got a whole bag of keef that's tested pretty high in CBD. You can take that. And that's what literally shifted me over from being a flower smoker back in 2002 to being a concentrate or a, you know, a, um, you know, a, a keef smoker. And I stayed with Keith for quite a long time, learned how to, in 2003, four and five, how to infuse it, turn it into an oil, infuse it into edibles, smoke it. I, I, I remember, I would, this is back in, well, I'm telling you, maybe 2004, I was up in Vancouver and went to the Victoria Island Compassionate Club, which was out uh, called the Vic. Mm-hmm. And I went to them and uh, there's a guy, Philippe up there, was the first guy to turn me on to a volcano. So I started vaping. <laughs> Keith, back then. And got way more relief from that than I did from any other uh, uh, form of pain relief. And also helped me moderate and deal with my symptoms better. Hmm. And I never look back. And did I read that you have discovered a couple of strains that you will regularly mix together because of the the entourage effect that it provides you? I you know I can tell you something. This is what's really very funny because I know right now this seems to be all of a sudden everybody's got this epiphany that this is how we should do this. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Back in two thousand five, six, and seven, I was finding particular strains, and this is about two thousand nine is when Blue Dream really hit this cultivar that I'd say was consistently 
at least copied in different places. That's a good. That's, that's a good. It's a good. That's uh, a good uh, observation because that's that's the the best part of that plant is the fact that it's easy to grow, and you can get ten people growing it, and it's like, oh wow, it's almost always the same. Whereas you get a lot of other strains that are not they're not at all like that. So, and, and a lot of people don't know that that was kind of born out of that whole white rhino, white widow, all of that world. This kind of was born. I say born out of when people were bringing seeds back in from Amsterdam, places like that. They were trying to figure out a way to grow something. So I was able to kind of find a couple of cultivars back, seven, eight, 2007, eight, that worked for me. And then I started getting those keefed, mixing those together. And then, you know, we finally started mastering how to, you know, get credible testing done. You know, that's what helped me launch my first brand, which was literally looking at trying to ensure that I wasn't just consuming THC laden plants, but THC with CBD and also making sure that in any of the edibles I had, yeah. I was enriching with some food based terpenes and also some hemp based terpenes. This is back in 2001, 2002. And so now, you know, I, I, I made a fairly decent supply of my own product over the years. I'm about ready to, um, I've got a new product or contract manufacturer that I'm about to sign a contract with. And, we intend to relaunch the product in uh, on the East Coast here really soon. Nice. And it's called Montel, right? It's called Montel. I have a CBD brand that is uh, CBD by Montel. And uh, then I have a THC brand that's uh, Montel. When we go move forward, I'm probably going to change the brand name because I was in a contract with a different contract manufacturer. And we're thinking about living better is probably the brand name that I'm going to go by Montel. I, I, I'm going to be that guy to say your name you should name. use your name. I say the same thing to Adam, too. He has a seed company. It's called Sage Master. Now, if you're in the breeding and genetics world, you know that. But if you're not, you don't know who that is. It should be Adam Dunn Seeds powered by Sage Master. And... And then the next iteration, you just drop that because that's listen. You're you've you've built a, a, a quite a bit of celebrity for yourself, and your name attached to a product, it helps, right? That's really what a brand is. So besides so besides the Blue Dream, what was the other strains that you were that would pop, pop in your head that were the ones that were kind of because what's that? I'm a freak, a cookies freak. So oh yeah, you know, and you know again, depending on where you get it, is depending on what it elicits. So what I'd make sure I do is I test those cultivars and make sure that they come out in a spectrum that I like. Yeah. So, that, I mean, again, you know, when we're looking at broad spectrum or, you know, full spectrum, you know, I think science is finally starting to catch up. And that's the one thing that I think we have that we can really, you know, talk about as loud as we can. I mean, you can do on your podcast and I'm doing on mine, let's be brought with Montel.com. Right. We'll talk about it all the time about the fact that, you know, we have a new administration that we have to, Check ourselves with, folks. Remember, seven months ago, the president-elect was still using terms like, you know, this could be a gateway drug. And, you know, the vice president-elect also was in charge when more people were being arrested in the state of California for simple possession than anybody else before her. So as much as they smile and laugh and giggle when they say, oh, yeah, we'd like to do X, Y, Z, we got to have to hold them to the fire and make them 
hold to the fact that they just said for the last five months that science was going to be what drives them. If science can drive you when it comes to COVID, science should drive you when it comes to cannabis. And the science has been catching up. We also noticed just, we just saw what, three weeks ago, a brand new peer-reviewed study came out talking about cannabinoids that they know now for a fact help to block off the blood supply of tumors. Hmm. They know what cannabinoids and what all of the parts of the plant does. Let's back the science and get the science out there so more and more people can get relief. Well, you know, the thing that's really cool is when, when, when you're growing from seed, every time you grow a new seed, you have a potential of a whole new combination that could be the one, right? And that's where we're finally getting into that zone where we can, uh, you know, get the most out of, like, grow 10,000 of one strain and find the one in 10,000, which is what we have to do and hone in on that. Um, so you're going to see some huge leaps in the next few years as far as... I you know, I've done, you know on, on my podcast, I get an opportunity to interview a lot of people and was interviewing a, a, a researcher uh, at Penn State who happens to be a horticulturist, does not work at all in the cannabis space, but she's into gene editing in plants mm-hmm. and in a way that if it can be done in plants, we've done in roses, it can be done in food, it can be done in the cannabis plant also. So we can start to, I, I don't want to say in a way that's detrimental, but we can do and utilize science the way it's been used for 2,000 years to make sure as we grow a cultivar out and we find the uh, you know components that we like, then we can duplicate that same cultivar. So that's what we're trying to do, and I hope a lot more people work on doing that. I'm glad you're doing that, Dan. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's the best part of the job right there. <laughs> Besides the testing, of course. Testing testing is good. We like sure. the constant testing. Well, you were, you were designing drugs. You were designing cannabinoids to help with what your ailment was and there are so many different combinations of cannabinoids and terpenes out there given the chance i believe what you said science can figure out what the ratios are to treat specific conditions with enough testing we can figure it out is it you know this terpene and this cannabinoid makes your headache go away one makes you lose weight or grow hair you know there's right Absolutely. I mean, we're going to get to the point. I, I think science will be regulation, but I will bet you within the next five years, we will be in a position where, I mean, I, I noticed that, you know, I mean, there are so many different types of vaporizers out there right now. There are so many types of devices out there right now, but I guarantee you that in the next five years, you will be able to find a device that you're going to be able to punch in Montel code. And my, not only will I punch in the Montel code, for the formulation that I want, but I'm going to be able to punch in the formulation I want for that time of the day. So I might be able to punch in Montel code 002134 for oh, daytime. We, we just got his pin code. We just got his pin code. Oh, sweet. You know it just automatic. You can't help go. it. Just, go, go, quick. <laughs> go. Quick. <Okay. laughs> so all of a sudden, boom, that yeah. machine will, will kick me out of vapor that may just have a little bit more mercy and a little bit more beta carolophylline and a little bit more right. lemony than the hit that I took at midnight the night before, which might be a little less because I want to be a little more stated. You're like so, Keurig. You're like Keurig of cannabis at this point. Like you're playing in pods. You got your Montel pod. You like pop it in there. There you go. 
And I think, you know, people will be able to start dialing in. They'll be able to reach out to the dispensary and say, no, I don't want to have somebody telling me what I'm going to take. I know what my body weight is today. Mm. I want XYZ. And you can go down there and get your XYZ. Yeah, yeah Dave, there you go. Body, oh. It's all body weight now, Dave. Well, well that's why I wear that. black on the show because it makes me, it thins me out a little bit, you, you know, my curves and everything. Well, we do know that, you know, again, cannabinoids and, you know, what works for a goose doesn't work for a gander always. And so, you know, every individual is individualized. It depends on what you ate this morning, what you ate this afternoon. I mean, if I had a chocolate bar this afternoon and I go take, you know, a hit of something that is, uh, you know, a little bit high for me, this is me talking. If I eat a chocolate bar and I eat, uh, go take, you know, a mild THC, it's not really going to do the trick for me. I need to kick it up a little bit of a notch and get a little heavier duty one, and that overpowers that chocolate that's still running through my brains. And so I think when we finally start to recognize how different and how varied this is, hopefully that'll help to stop the buttheads who are trying to come up with a one-size-fits-all, so that's why they come up with these classifications and schedules. I think we can schedule and make cannabis a non-schedulable plant mm. medication that is formulated for specific use for the individual. I think that's the scary part, though, when they hear the word medication. They're like, ooh, now you're stepping on their toes. You know, they... Now, one time in the last century, if they open their mouth, we would talk about one of the worst drugs on, one of the worst drugs <laughs> on the planet that a child can go into a grocery store and buy mm -hmm. Take home, mm -hmm. take any of them to drop dead on the kitchen floor. Yeah, no child. Thing about it, no child safety cap. Yeah, no cap. Aspirin. Oh, aspirin. Aspirin oh. wasn't scheduled until about five years ago. Did mm -hmm. you know that? Aspirin. You know, the only reason why we ended up calling aspirin, if you will, even a drug, was because you know after after the, the Civil War, there were too many people out there boiling down willow bark and and bleeding out on the kitchen floors. Right. So we decided to turn it into a consumer product. And Bayer decided to capital, you know, to uh, to corner that market and develop a product that wasn't ever even scheduled. Right, and it's being told you should take one a day. Everybody, everybody should be taking one of those a day. And then, and now we know for a fact that that's not necessarily the right thing for a lot of people. That one or so baby aspirin a day was good for some people, not all people. Mm -hmm. That needs to be really, really recognized. So again, I mean, I, I know what you're saying when you say, yeah, when you use the word medicine, when we use the word medicine when we say aspirin, nobody complains. We use the word medicine when we say chemotherapy and we know it burns people from the inside right. out. Right. But nobody cares. Right. But right. when you use medicine and cannabis, everybody's got to put their foot in their mouth. Mm -hmm. it, well, it's one of those things that it's been hard to, to navigate, but we're also becoming experts. If you notice how the industry's matured pretty well. Um, you, the people who learned learned the hard way had to repackage everything or take it off the market or completely shut down. Um, but now I think the interesting part is that we have also mushrooms coming into effect, which is perfect timing to, to and it's also the perfect synchronicity between cannabis and, and mushrooms as far as, uh, you know, not even psychedelic, psychedelic mushrooms, sure, um, but even just medicinal mushrooms like reishi mushrooms and chaga and, and lion's mane is becoming really popular. Things that were just, you know, obscure. Very few people even understood the benefits. And now, uh, uh, now you have, uh, unfortunately, it's going to catch on as quickly as, 
cannabis did, and I think a lot of people might over abuse the system. But are you, have you been experimenting in, in those kind of uh, things, or have you? Look, along my journey, I've tried a couple of different things. I, I, I have not found, I, I'm at a point now in my life where, you know, when I was a little younger, you know, I was always searching that buzz, but, and, and trying to, trying to maintain that buzz. But I'm at a place now in life where I really utilize everything that I put in my body for health and wellness benefits. And so, as much as I do recognize the benefits of even microdosing mm-hmm. uh, some of the, the mushroom products, and when, when and if I need them, I would be 100% jumping at the opportunity. But right now, I don't feel as if I need that. Because it, it, what, what am I going to use it for? Just because? Well, I think it's, it's about neuroplasticity is what it really it helps with. And that's the thing is when you're getting older, uh, it's something great to consume on a regular because it's actually helping your brain repair itself. Doing a lot of it's, – it's things you don't know, which is the best part about it. It's not so much – because I think you have the same problem that we all do because we're, we're kind of in that same – I mean, you're a little older than me, but – we're from that generation that we all want to get buzzed. We want things to work. You know, we don't want, we don't want to just drink a beer. We want to drink a lot of beer. We want to smoke a joint. Now we want to smoke a lot of joints. Cause we just, that's just the way we're the more Moorish. We're very Moorish. Right. But the now with microdosing, people have figured out that that's when you get all the, the proper, you know, if you want to call it medicinal or you want to call it, uh, you know, reparative or whatever, those are the things that actually work. So mushrooms are super important. And I think, uh, from a but from a psychological point of view, which I think Dave wanted to uh, bring in Dr. Mark later in the somewhere in the in the conversation, but also from like now with COVID and with everybody being stressed out, there's a lot more stress in the air than ever. Um, we're lucky because we're all cannabis consumers. We smoke ourselves silly, so we're all pretty good. We're like you know, I feel sorry for the rest of the people who don't smoke because that must be very stressful in life right now if you don't have a joint. To smoke every hour on the hour, pretty much, right? You're nailing it because a lot of people are paying attention to the fact that we keep, you know, we're worried about COVID, the pandemic, COVID, the pandemic. We're really talking about the pandemic and anxiety that's going to go along with the cure. Let's say that we get this under control over the next year, two years with a vaccine. Well, when you say get it under control, we're just going to get this particular variant, maybe another variant under control. Yeah, I was going to say, we're just, we're just getting primed up for the real deal coming around yeah. the corner. <laughs> here, comes, here comes another one in two years. However, yeah. along with that comes the anxiety. And you know, I've been talking to some, some really major researchers across the country, and others who talk about the fact that what America is missing out on is the fact that we are going to be rife, right dead in the middle of a mental health pandemic and no one's willing to admit it. And probably one of the best things that out there right now for a mental health pandemic would be the products that you're talking about, mushrooms and, and cannabis. I mean, you know, uh, we need a new Johnny Appleseed, you know, apple a day, no, join a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and, you know, and we need one that's willing to follow the science. That's what I started with. But you know, um, hopefully this president will get off his stick and 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 actually admit to the truth. Science behind what we're talking about. 
Well, from your lips, I, I have no faith in the Democratic Party doing anything positive for cannabis. I, I remember when Clinton got elected and everyone was so excited that we had a Democrat was going to, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get some movement. His administration locked up more people for cannabis than any Republican administration. I think even still to this day. It's it was a it was a, a terrible amount of people. So, I mean, we've had Gary Johnson on the on the show, and he said, you know, he was told by Joe and Kamala that they're gonna day one, right? They're gonna sign it, and I just I don't have, I don't have that. Well, well, Did th you get the call? I mean, to the good, be the drugs are. I mean, the good part is you we know? know we don't have to wait long to find out if it happens or not. Right. I had multiple conversations with Kamala when she was before she even became the Attorney General of the State of California. Um, she was the District Attorney up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I had many conversations with her back then about cannabis, and um, it seemed to go in one ear and out the other. Hopefully, you know, I think she's heard enough from all of those who helped put, her, put them in office to recognize that something's got to be done. At least we know for a fact that last week, a week and a half ago, the DEA allowed for uh, a larger amount of testing to be done. So now you don't have to just use that funky weed that comes out of the University of Mississippi. As a matter of fact, some certified laboratories can now... Actual you know, testing? Yeah, nice. So we've at least expanded testing. And I think that you may see one thing that we may get out of this administration immediately is going to be a hands-off on state law. That would be a good step. And, sure. you know, so I'm, and I'm not looking forward to the idea. I, I, I wish they would give me a call about this being a drugs are because I, you know, though I would be hesitant to jump and take the job, I'd be more than happy to say I'll come and advise and be a, an advisor all day long. And decriminalization isn't what's necessary because decriminalization just means that you're still a criminal. Right. Yeah. We right. just scheduling. Less of a criminal. And I don't buy that at all. <clears throat> Right, we need descheduling. We need descheduling, and we need the states to be allowed to formulate the status. And it shouldn't be a status of whether it's a this kind of drug, that type of drug, that type of drug. I mean, you know, look, you know, do we do we need the the Fed to step in and say CBN should be a controlled subject a sub, sub, substance? No. We need them to step in and say CBG controlled substance. No. Right. Get out of the plant. Well, that's the problem is, is like we have twofold. We have the, the victim of our own success because they see that we can actually generate a lot of, A, a lot of capital. We can also get people like super, I mean, the one thing that made, that made everybody happy in the last, say, five to 10 years has been cannabis, right? It's, it's the only thing that makes people happy. Everything else is just misery. Like when it comes to, it doesn't matter what category you go, it's the feel good story of the decade, right? So at the end of the day, What's going to save everybody? It's going to be that because people are so sick of all the negative stuff. Cannabis is only positive. It doesn't matter which way you look at it. And the only thing that's negative is the laws against it, right? So that's like the only thing that's been holding us back. And so I think at a certain point, what I was saying about victim of our own success is that because there's so much money that we can generate, even though it's 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 nothing compared to what it would be if we were not because you know the taxes are ridiculous right like sometimes you're 50 percent, and you're like really so you don't mind taking 50 percent of our work after all these years of putting us in jail and so it's a very weird spot to be in because the minute you try to take anything away from the people who actually do the work the hard work 
it fails. Look at like, look at Canopy, Aurora, all these big guys. They went too big. They got too big, and they just now they're nothing. You know. So yeah, it's, another piece of that is the fact that we've got to recognize how much waste we are in this industry. I mean, for a government to not recognize the value of the hemp byproducts as far as hemp crate or the hemp byproducts as far as using the cellulose material as an electrical storage medium. You know, there's two quietly traded companies that have gone to the market that actually are utilizing. But that's all that exact same stuff that's like, it's like the guy who makes the, the engine that runs on salt water, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, really? Where is he now? Oh, he's dead. That guy died mysteriously in some weird accident, hung himself in the same room with some electrical cords or, you know, some bullshit. And there's always like that because it's like you don't want to go too too good. And cannabis is, hits every time it's like oh damn it it's once again the most competitive that's why i went out in the first place it's the same reason i went out in the first place how dare we say that when we built this entire country on the back of cannabis? people don't understand it i mean you know back in the you know back in the revolutionary war back in the late 1600s you know uh, late 1500s ships crossed the ocean because they carried uh, seeds and and all the sails there was fifty tons, fifty tons per per ship, right? So imagine fifty tons per ship, and then the funny part is, like, I lived in Amsterdam for a long time, and you go down to the to the museum there. They have a whole museum based on their shipping because that's what they're famous for, right? And I go in and I walk around, and I'm with Ben Dronkers, and with Alan Dronkers from uh, Sensi Seeds, and we walk around the whole thing, and then we come back and we ask for the guy, we want to talk to him, and we say, hey. It doesn't say the word hemp anywhere in here, right? And the guy's like, well, we didn't really think it was that important, right? And we were like, okay, what? really? What? Well, let me introduce myself. And Ben owns the, the uh, Hemp Museum in Amsterdam. So he introduces himself as the owner of the Hemp Museum. And then, of course, everything changes, like the whole demeanor. Like, oh, sorry, sir. Yeah, well, we can't because we're sponsored by blah, blah, blah. You know, it's exactly the same story. And this is in Amsterdam. And this is like in the early 90s. So you're thinking like, really? Over there when it was like their biggest economy was can- is cannabis pretty much when it comes to tourism and whatnot? It's, it's just like, you know, uh, you know, nobody wants to admit the fact that when they finally scraped Benjamin Franklin's pipe that was in the Smithsonian Institute for 20 years, they realized that that pipe was filled with nothing but, you know, a little bit of uh, what they wanted to say was hemp tobacco. Yeah, right. Ben was just smoking hemp tobacco in my hand. Right. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, I didn't know that. Oh, absolutely. <coughs> they actually, when they moved his desk, somebody just decided, you know, let's look at these pipes he's got. There's all these pipes that were supposedly Ben Franklin's original pipes on his desk. And somebody scraped the inside of it and tested it. Homeboy was, was catching himself a buzz like all the forefathers were. we got to remember, uh, we can't, anybody's so ignorant that they can't believe and think that Life was hard back then, man. You were going out. I, I can already see the meme. I can already see the the meme of like the wook, the wook scraping the pipe and smoking it and telling everybody like thumbs up, smoking. <laughs> I can see the meme already. Well, why didn't they solve our problem back then and legalize it? 
Well, I don't think they ever thought to illegalize it, though, right? I mean, it, right. Was, it wasn't That's illegal it. then, so it was just like it was just a thing, and it was the thing is it was so useful you couldn't argue against it, right? Because they didn't have options, and so when they could use it for rope, and they could use it for the oil, and they could use it for smoking, obviously, and they could use it for all these other things, they were like, "Fuck, this is pretty damn useful. Why would you ever even consider making it right? illegal?" Right? <laughs> Entire Revolutionary Army was clothed in hemp fiber. The entire, you know, uh, uh, George Washington, uh, you know, all of the tents were made out of yeah. cannabis. Well, you know, it was like the it was the poor man thing too. It was like, uh, you know, if they could grow flax uh, in any quantities. They would, but it was very expensive and very hard to grow, and it didn't grow as much material, and the hemp was just easy. And, you know, and the, the craziest part now is that, you know, we're, it's not that long ago, and there's still wild patches everywhere in Nebraska and Iowa and all these places. There's tons of these hemp growing wild, and it has maintained itself without any human interaction for 80 years no problem, you know what I mean? Actually thriving. And the funny part, you were talking about earlier about the cannabinoids. Those plants, when you test them, um, they're pretty cross the board about one, 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 like one, one, one all the way, but they're not very high. You know, they're kind of lower, lower numbers, but there's occasionally some CBG like standouts and there's a few of these and a few of those, but for the most part, they just homogenize and turn into these like one-to-one formulas, which is the most therapeutic. And it just turns into like that. You can have a a 7% THC and 7% CBD and it'll be perfect. It won't even, it'll only Go be, four, figure. it'll only be 14% cannabinoids total and it'll just be great. Works great for most people, you know, and then when you'd go with a higher THC and it's very hard to eat, they, they, they're very hard to go with equal portions, but we have a, we have a sponsor who has an amazing couple strains here in Colorado. He's got stuff that the extract Oh, comes I can't see it. No, we look just like you can't see that. Nobody, nobody can see it. But it looks like. Uh, but his numbers are amazing. His numbers on the even on the concentrates will be like thirty nine percent THC and thirty forty three percent CBD, and you'll be like, wow. And then a couple other cannabinoids thrown in for good measure, and it's amazing. The effects are so much different than the other ones. It's like, yeah, it's it's all about those formulas, man. That's just all what it is. Hopefully this pandemic slows down so we can get on airplanes and start getting back out there. Oh, for sure. Oh, we'll, we'll definitely, definitely link you up. How, have you been uh, stuck where you're at? Or you, you're in Miami at the moment? Or where are you in? Uh... You know, remember Miami was one of the former epicenters. And, you know, I've been hunkered down. I'm trying to stay hunkered down because I, I you know, I just think that, uh, you know, we have a lot of people down here who don't want to pay attention to mitigation techniques from mass or even social distancing. So, you know, I'm sure I'm the best. And then, you know, I have, I have a slightly compromised immune system anyway. Right. My chronic illness. And so I, I try to stay as safe as I possibly can, but I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks I can get a, a vaccine so that I can get out and get it out. Good for you. So um, before all the cannabis and before you found out you had MS and before even all that, you were, you were one of the uh, definitely uh, – quite an amazing uh, accomplishment when it comes to like the fact that you were in both the Marines and the Navy and succeeded in both and, you know, uh, had all sorts of accolades. But um, 
obviously back then you couldn't smoke cannabis or be involved in cannabis, but were you coming, but before you joined the military, were you sort of just like party guy around there raging and joined the military or what was the deal? I wasn't a raging party guy, but I was a party guy. I mean, before I joined the military, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm a weird guy. I, mean, I was a, a kid in high school. I, I literally was, I played sports for my first two years, ninth and 10th grade, and then I was a musician, so I ended up starting a band. And I was also involved in student governments, and I was also the president of my class for two years in a row. Um, but I also consumed cannabis. And uh, then I was in the Marine Corps, and that came to a screeching halt because they started testing back then. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it tested me all the way through the entire military career. Mm. And so I kind of left it alone. And then when I got out, um, and I, I came out of the military and started my show, literally moved to California. It was within a couple of months of being out there that I started dabbling again a little bit. But before my diagnosis, I would not call myself a... And it was, it was like bubbling over there too because that was uh-huh. on, it was also bubbling in California around 95, 96, 97. That was like the only place yeah. in America. So it was really the, yeah. the, cool, the cool hot spot right there. Absolutely. So I started bubbling with it, I think. But it really wasn't until my diagnosis that I started becoming an every single day consumer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't looked back since. Good. <laughs> it's good that you were able to find, you know, some type of relief from a plant. Uh, absolutely. And that's the reason why I got and started my advocacy work was because I found it just ridiculous that, you know, there are so many who are suffering from so many different illnesses and ailments that this could help with. That how dare we not allow them to live to their fullest? Yeah, I mean, I always, I, I'm always, uh, I mean, I'm so happy that I picked the right team when I was when I was young. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I picked a good team. But in general, I remember reading books about cannabis and being really interested in it, and kind of not like, <coughs> even though I'd said right in front of me the medicinal qualities, and even though I'd heard reggae songs talk about glaucoma, and I'd heard, you know, I'd heard, I'd heard okay, it still didn't really hit me that it was truly medicine until I think mid-90s when California started to flip and people started to call it call it medicine and people started saying, hey, I'm going to get medicated. It was like literally the first time I'd ever heard it and I was like, what? Like, what are they talking? Medicaid? I guess. And then all of a sudden it all just seemed like the, the layers of the onion got peeled back because it was like even, even me being interested in cannabis, I still had a hard time 100% believing that it really did all the things that it did. And now it's like, I got the opposite thing where I'm like, I'm pretty sure that cannabis would work for that too. Like if you just looked at it from a different angle, you know what I mean? But I'll bet you even, you know, when you, if, you, if you stop and you think about it, you made a conscious choice decision in your life after you probably had a couple nights out drinking with some of your boys and really pounding them down and realize how you felt after you did that. And then realize how you felt after you smoked yourself out and said, wait a minute, you know what I mean? Yeah. At least I didn't feel like I was going to fall into an abyss, yeah. right? So I think you subconsciously made a well. Yeah, I was I was very well known in high school for not drinking too much. Like I drank a bit, but I wasn't like the party guy too much. And I pretty much figured out like early on, weed was my thing. Then uh, I moved to then I moved to Australia, and Australia is drinking like crazy. Like, and then I realized the alcohol was terrible. <laughs> and then I came back. Then I then I hundred percent made my decision. But then, you know, I, I, I just don't like hard alcohol because I know that that's the road of, of like, okay, then you're, then you're sort of dabbling in the real stuff, you know, whereas beer, I always liked, 
and I, I drank until about four years ago, and then I just quit. And I said, all right, you know what? I'm 50. It's time to stop. Time to get growing. <laughs> time to stop. And uh, well, you know, I got to tell you something. That's really, very really funny. I I walked away from alcohol uh, the day of my diagnosis with MS, which was right now almost 20 years ago. I Great. I, I I just realized that I and my wife took a half a sip of a glass of champagne on New Year's Eve this year, and that was the first sip of alcohol I'd had in a full year since last New Year's, and I took a half a sip that day. Right. So I walked away from <laughs> That's alcohol. Awesome. No good whatsoever. Yeah, no, that's and that's that's a, I mean, especially if you have any kind of conditions. I mean, alcohol is just going to amplify anything and just speed that process up. And uh, so now it's one of those. Uh, I think it's uh, I think that's definitely now being appreciated more than ever. Whereas, like when we were growing up, it seemed like you're just a big wuss if you <laughs> like what? Come on, man! You I to, remember they used yeah. to hand me a beer and I used to pour half of it out when they weren't looking. You know, because it just wasn't my thing, I, even way back then. Well, you know what was really what throws me, though, is I don't know if you guys are, are you Netflix watchers, you watch a series TV. Have you noticed that, I mean, this is just me, but I, and maybe it happens to be the, the series that I keep picking, but almost every series that I pick right now, it's almost like all the main characters are drunks. Sure. Everybody walks, comes into the door, in the, no matter where they are, before they have a conversation, they're pouring each other a full shot glass. And I'm like, why why is all of a sudden this become the message that we're trying to send in hmm. our television? It's like everybody's smoking cigarettes again, too. There yeah, was a while why, when they didn't. Why, why can't they? You they know, just want to make it look real, I think. Oh. They're trying to make it look gritty, <laughs> gritty, and, gritty and real. Yeah, yeah. That's real? That's cigarettes real. and booze? <laughs> that's the real deal. Well, I think there's a void missing from the entire TV, film, movie industry of like no one has revisited the whole Cheech and Chong movies you know there's no young stoner duo out there making us laugh it was it could have been Seth Rogen for a little while but then I think he decided he was going to go a different direction um he's gonna get serious he's, he's gonna get serious very funny you said that I just recently had on my podcast let's be brought one tell uh I had Redman on and uh you know, uh, Redman and I have been talking about uh, putting together a new uh, biopic kind of a, a film, and we're we're, we're going to get together and pull it off. Is there a role for a portly I redhead? Think, I think after oh, this, oh, I think oh. after this, um, co- after this, like sort of quarantine time, that there's going to be a. And, and the fact that people have now got no shame when it comes to like, hey, it doesn't matter about going straight to straight to Netflix because that's about as high as you're going to get. There ain't no, there ain't nothing higher right now. You know what I mean, that's it. There is no movie theaters. There is no, you know. And if even when there is going to be at that point, you're going to have to have such a huge budget to even get your stuff into those theaters because they're going to be so far behind that they're going to have to like have the mega blockbusters. Otherwise, no one's going to that crap, you know. But in general, I think there's going to be so much uh, stuff coming out, and if if uh, if I have uh, anything in my mind about the p- type of people that are out there, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, weed-related stuff because <laughs> that's what people are doing right now. They're smoking weed and thinking about movies, you know, what they can make. Yep, absolutely. More and more people are smoking weed at home than they are drinking. We now know that for a fact. And, you know, I think that's going to translate. But, you know, here's one for you. I'll throw out to you guys. Haven't you noticed that what you're so wild about this culture is that, you know, before COVID, you still got together in a group of four or five and may have passed that split around. But now everybody's coming with their own in their own pocket. 
people aren't passing back and forth between each other and, and you know for good reason because right now you don't want to be spreading something other than yeah. you know just your good weed and will we ever get that back well if you're Look, standing uh, i think if you're standing close enough smoking a joint you can just pass that joint because it, it you can it, you've already got it at that point you're like you're like you're within arm's reach of each other right so you're like it doesn't even matter about that joint it, it's it's the air around so so i'd, I'd say just delve in at that point right you guys are all blood brothers <laughs> like you have officially become blood brothers once you smoke a joint yeah or, or, or will people bring you know instead of having just one joint in their pocket they have three or four so they yep. step up to the or plate. 10 or 12 10 or 12 hand, 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 hand them out to your friends so that that's you much better <laughs> that's a perfect oh, yeah Perfect. It's probably to, where the industry is going to go. Where it's going to go. So that, maybe, that means more sales, right? Problem solving by Montel. More well, joints. We were, <laughs> more joints, we, we, please. The, the show was going to Barcelona. So right before this started, I mean, we were literally packing our bags. We were going to all depart when it was like March 15th. And it was the 11th you know, point. And, and I entered the bubble on the March 6th. You know, it's been like 317 days. You know, we were we were all ready to go. So that is it. When you talk about will it ever come back, it must come back. We we must we we have to make it come back, whether it be through a vaccine or something new and different. But uh, we're social creatures, and cannabis is a social medication, social substance, and we. You know, I. Well, I mean, the that's thing my is, chair right there, Montel. You see that chair right there? What people don't. Chair? What people don't realize. What, what people don't realize, though, also is that, you know, now of course everybody's so paranoid about each other that it's getting kind of like, okay, we have to, we definitely have to get over that. But before all that, um, we exchange all day, every day, microbes and you know viral loads and things, and we. But it's all about building your own personal defense. Of yourself, you know what I mean. So it's like not about. I mean, of course, you know, masks might help in like a senior citizen, senior citizen situation, or something where they have real close contact and they're super highly uh, contagious. But when it comes to like uh, the best fucking defense is, or the best thing is a good defense. You know what I mean? And I think that's where the mushroom part, where I was saying earlier to you, that's where the combination of the cannabinoids and the mushrooms sets up the best defense it's like literally you know r bulletproof at that point and so i think that's where people are going to get the the most benefit in the you know in the easiest the easiest format yeah i take the other position and i wear I, you know when i do go out i don't wear one mask i wear three i wear he has two one of those, masks and a buff those bubbles you know those, and then a big the bubble hamster, around the me. hamster bubble and he walks out to the mailbox and a scuba and, suit yeah it's I don't have a scuba suit, but I can tell you, I don't walk out the door without a mask on. And if I'm going someplace where I know that I'm going to end up having to touch a lot of stuff, I got gloves on. I, I just, yep. And I, I recently just, uh, you know, I heard that I may end up having a part in a, a, a series that I'm thinking about. I'm going to get on an airplane. If I get on an airplane. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Part in a series? Hold on. Is there a scoop here? Is it? Wait, wait, wait. You heard it here first. Hold on uh, a second. Come on now. You can't, you can't. Just, uh, you know, I had some people checking to see if I was available. Could, uh, so uh, they haven't followed up. So let's see if the availability answer answers the question and I get a roll. Right. Good for you. Right on. Well, it's totally, 
it is totally changing on set though now too because people who we have a friend of mine who works in hollywood and that's what she went out to do is covid um compliance on set and like she worked on set before for for years and so for her it was like getting back into work but on a whole new like a new category that never existed before and like having to like deal with people and to, you know get people out at the right time and wear their face shield as they walk up to the set and then and they get to the top and then they take and i was like my god it sounds like so much work now i don't know if i i, I want double pay for everything just because of the extra hassle you have to go through you know it's not fun anymore again again i mean but but it's not fun when you hear the stories of people i mean i i just uh, heard a story of a, another family friend who literally said that they they spent two and a half weeks the worst two weeks of their entire life getting through the uh COVID. Mm-hmm. and they recovered now they're on the other side of it but they are you know feeling the pains of what they just went through for two weeks and so you know um those those who survive and we still see the numbers going up every single day which is just just so staggering you know mm-hmm. so Blessings. I mean, hope. Let's hope that uh, this comes to an end and we get back to some semblance of, of, of reality and normalcy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the, the the terrible part is that you know we're going to have a segment of the society which can never go back. It just depends. On, you know, they, they've already changed their entire way forever. You know what I mean? Because they're never going to be able to trust the system again for themselves because. They can't trust the people. You know, it, it's created a lot of weird tension, which didn't exist before, which is unnecessary, unfortunately. Um, well, it's COVID, but then also, you know, this transition from one administration to the next has mm-hmm. set us on a path to, I hope we can recover from. Yeah, it's going to be try, trying times. But again, cannabis, once again, the best thing ever. I mean, it's like if we didn't have cannabis, we'd all be going nuts right now. Because I, for instance, myself, I've... Like, it was funny because on the way here, just even on my drive, I don't have my particular vape pen ready to go. It's like, it's like, it's, it's security blanket. You know what I mean? It's like nothing more than, it's only terps. It's only for me to, for flavor. I'm just having it for my little flavor thing, you know? And it's like, uh, as we pulled out today, I was like, oh no. Cece's like, I got it. I was like, oh, Uh, my relief was, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) it's a 45, it's it's an hour and a half drive, but it's like an hour and a half. (laughs) that's gonna be rough so yeah we need our cannabis but and and i think the cool part is is that you're you're also zoning in from a lot for a long time now on the different uh the different cultivars and i I like the fact that you said cultivar because most people they come in with their strands and and all my all my listeners are already like oh this guy he said strand you know (laughs) like then you'd be done then it would the interview would have been over everybody would be like god this guy but once you said cultivar they were all like oh well, he knows well, what he's know, talking about, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they wanted to know, do you grow? Actually, a couple of people asked if you were growing. Have you grown uh, some, some cannabis in the past? Or? I have grown before, though I'm not growing where I live at right now. Uh, I wouldn't expect it. I wouldn't expect it. Uh, but, you know, I'm not averse to growing. And, um, mm-hmm. again, once everything settles down a little bit, I think I would like to go ahead and put together, you know, a little area where I've got a couple plants that are growing up my home. Yeah. I can pay attention to and see if I can play with it. I'm also going to be reaching out to and hopefully well again if my deal closes in the next couple of weeks the way i think it should and i'm changing over manufacturers and partnering with another mm-hmm. distributor um i'm going to be you know hands deep in growing and uh trying to isolate a couple of you know cultivars again that 
literally I can put together smooth enough that I will have the spectrum of what I want for my relief. And then I play with, yeah, that'd be great. You know, I play with not only a combination, I'm a little different than a lot of people. I, I smoke a high CBD, high THC together. I probably try to break it into components. Like I have a 25% CBD and 75% by volume THC. And that THC is normally a very, very high THC level. So somewhere around, you know, 28, 29, mm -hmm. 27, 28, 29, if I can get it that high and I've got a nice CBD that goes with it. A CBD for me, for me, again, I'm not talking for everyone, but for me, takes off the paranoia right off the top. My best version is a 10% CBD, 90% THC, really 10% CBD, 5% terpene, and 85% THC. And you put those together for me, and my terpene configuration is suited for different times of the day. That works for him. Yeah, and that's that's cool because, again, we're talking about the, the testing is the best part, right? And if you're able to zone in on that early. Like I had a, I had a guy from Germany back in the 90s who also had MS, and he would come to Amsterdam and go to all the coffee shops and try all the cannabis, and he would just like take one hit, and he'd be like, no. One hit of another one? No. And he'd just go through and he'd be like, yes, this is the one. And he came to me and he said, one of your strains, I think it was a Cushage at the time, he was like, when he smoked it, he felt like he felt like his brain always had these little like, like it was Swiss cheese or something and that when he smoked, the f cheese holes filled in and he could like feel complete and he could move better. And it was like, these, it was really weird. And, but he, very, he said he could tell within one hit, like he knew right away. And he was like, I'll never forget, you know, that's, that's one of the, here, that's, I'll give it to you for you and I'll do it on my, my podcast also. But you know, you should ask the question of somebody, when was that day that you realized that you had found the best cultivar that you'd ever found? And I got to tell you, mine was one time in Amsterdam. Uh, I don't think it was a grasshopper, but it was a little shop around the corner from the grasshopper. Homegrown fantasy? I'll never forget, huh? Which Homegrown fantasy? That wasn't the name of the place. It was, I can't remember what the name Choc of the place was. Chocolata? It was right around the corner from there. Out of the chocolate. Oh. But right they didn't sell flour. They only little, sold edibles. Tiny little yes, place. They, this was top, they only sold flour. I went around the corner and got, oh, you know, I, I, I made about an eighth, maybe a little bit bigger than an eighth, of the first time I'd ever tried white rhino. Remember that white rhino? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something, man. I, I have never in my life experienced anything like that since. And though I've had white rhino again, I had a white rhino that was supposedly grown in California, never came close. So but yeah. when you say it filled in all the gaps, yeah. oh my goodness. And you know, with my MS, you know, I have extreme neuropathic pain. And I will tell you that I look for a cultivar that will suppress that pain, though, you know, it doesn't make the pain go away, right. but it actually separates your brain from the processing of that pain. Mm -hmm. That white rhino was the only one that ever really did that for me. And that's a that's a relatively high THC product, different than a higher CBD product. And on that and same that, on that same trip, did you um, try it again on the same trip, same stuff, and have the same effect, or was it just that one time in one place? Because I, 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 the entire that whole trip, and I used to go to I, I made a habit of going to Amsterdam once every three months, staying for about four to five days. That's about right. That's, that's about average. Day. If you can afford it, that was always about right. I stayed on that white rhino for that whole four or five days. I remember 
I, I purchased I like that they had this King Hussein uh, hash back then. And, um, you know, I bought some of that too. I never ended up touching it. I ended up just smoking that white rhino the whole time I was there. So this is, so this is both, both greenhouse sounding stuff. I mean, it's a greenhouse strain, so it, it wasn't greenhouse though. I mean, it sound, I mean, cause I, that, the location doesn't sound like greenhouse, but the, cause what, cause grasshoppers only, there, there's the big giant grasshopper too. So that's true. They're confusing. There's, you're talking about the one that's upstairs too and it has the three levels? It has it upstairs. Yeah, yeah. That's... I walked down, walked out the front door, yeah. made a left, walked up two blocks, made a right on that block right there. That's where it is. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's like it's like typical Amsterdam <laughs> style. It'd be like, you go down here and then, yeah. and, then, and then you just get lost and then you ask the next guy where the fuck to go. And I have my copy of my mellow pages with the map still in it in my uh oh, really? my, my oh. keepsake, so I'll yeah. pull it out for next time. Well, you know it's weird because like um I had it too where when I, really when I first got to Amsterdam, one of the very first places that I went to was uh was the grasshopper bought some weed because it was the original one where you go downstairs and you push the button and then the thing would light up and there would be the weed and I was like that is the coolest shit in the world right there like just the fact that you could like you could literally like you put like you're like yeah I'm in Amsterdam like I was literally I think it was like there for three days or something at the time I bought some weed I bought some Northern Lights there and the fucking weirdest thing is I packed it in my bag and I took it on a trip down to France and I was driving around in France and I like, oh yeah, I got this weed and I, I pulled it out of my bag. I smoked it and I got so fucking high that I'd never been that high in my life. Like I was like, I felt like the car was nine feet wide and I was all, what the <laughs> hell? What's happening right now? The cars were going backwards. Things were getting weird. And I was like, this is so trippy. And then the minute I pulled it, because I was driving at the time, right? So I was like, Everything is fucked up, so I had to pull over. When I pulled over, it all disappeared, and I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> oh, it was so weird for about thirty, maybe for about thirty minutes. I was like <laughs> paranoid, didn't know where I fucking couldn't get to an exit, and I was like, "Wow, this is I've never been this high." So, what are the chances you think, Adam? That and I went back and it knows. never worked again. I was like, "Damn it! This will never. Why did it work again?" Yeah. So, what's that? What what do you, what do you think the chances are that Montel knows the nose? Um. I don't know. I don't want to say his name out loud yet, just to give it away. But what do you think? What if I, if if you're a betting man? I'm sure he may, but I don't know if he'll remember. He looks exactly like Dave. Basically, it's like take Dave and just add a few more, like get a bigger. So if you were twenty, beard. if it was me twenty years from now, do you, yeah. did you have, in all your trips to Amsterdam, did you ever meet Steve the Nose? They call him Steve Hayes. He was the focal point for hash in Amsterdam for 20 years. I'm looking at you, and I'm thinking that maybe I did make that. <laughs> you, you, you remember Arian, right? The guy, Arian, who was, uh, you know, I guess he was the, he, he put on the, the uh, cannabis cup every year over there. Well, then Adam would know him. Okay, Arian, that guy, I, that was, I used to hang out with them quite no, he's talking about Arian. He's talking about Greenhouse Arian. That's and that's and that is the white oh, rhino okay. guy himself there. But yeah, we know, no, no. He I, then you know the yeah. nose, hundred percent, because the nose would be sitting when you yeah. come. If you came out of the greenhouse, he'd be the guy sitting in the front, going. Rub, 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 rub. He'd be like, "There he is. That's, that's the guy." Right don't put there. your feet up. Don't move the chair. Don't move. What are these fucking people? Yeah. They come here. They don't fucking know. Don't move that fucking chair. And then you'd be like, "Who's this guy?" And he'd be like, "Oh, that's the nose. Well, that's Dave. All right, that's uh, Steve." Sorry. I'll find one. And uh, hold on. 
but yeah, it, it's unfortunate because now they're talking about Amsterdam. They're talking about not. I mean, this is like, they've been talking about it forever, but now they're getting serious because, yeah, they're not like it's on. It's getting to the point where they're saying maybe next year they're going to make it for locals only. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's the guy. Yep, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I know I heard this about Amsterdam making it just for locals, no tourists. What the heck is that all? Yeah, but I wrote to him and I said, "Is what the fuck is going on?" And he's like, "They've been saying this for I know, years. I know. They've been saying it for years." And I say they won't do it. But I also think that crazier things haven't happened because they completely changed the red light, which the red light used to be pretty damn well known for like being controlled by. You know, it was bikers, and it was crazy down there, and it was just a known fact. But now, all of a sudden, you go down there, and it's like um, they've taken all the windows, and out, not all of them. They've taken about literally about half of the windows, and they've taken out the girls, and they've put in art, and they've did really bad art, like from local kids who are like high school aged kids art. Like it's just like so bad, and no one cleans the windows because it used to be prostitutes, and so they come in and sterilize everything and clean it all the time. And now it's just like dusty windows with bad art in it. You're like. Who who came up with this idea? You know what I mean. And then they have big groups of people walking through and staring at the very few hookers that are left. And you're like, wow. Even the even the red light, like which used to just be like a money generator in one way. It was also, I mean, sure there was plenty of crime down there, but that's exactly what people came to Amsterdam for. It's like New York City has turned so boring. Everywhere is turning so lame. You got to have some flavor left. You know what I mean? They, like, they still have Queen's Day in uh, Amsterdam? It's now King's Day. They don't even have Queen's Day anymore. It's, King, <laughs> it's, it's now called King's Day. It's on a different day, and it's the most regulated day of the year as far as you got to get a license if you want to sell stuff. It's all stupid. Like, it used to be nuts. Like, it was mayhem. Nuts. And, yeah, it was great. It was one of those things where you, you couldn't explain it until you got someone there, and it was like, Oh, it's like a giant garage sale, I guess, kinda. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a garage sale mixed with like street concerts and people getting going nuts, selling whatever they can sell because there's no taxes. And that's the whole the carrot that they dangled was the no taxes. And the Dutch are so money fixated, they're like, you mean we can not get taxed for one day out of the year? Yeah, like well, let's party. And it was like, wow, that's it. Wow, that's not a really good reason. But it was like, okay, we're used to like a little more. Focused ideas, but in the end of the day, it was the best. It was the best holiday because, uh, yeah, I sold clones, I sold weed, I sold everything. I was like, hey, you can sell anything. Party in the street too, just street parties everywhere. You'd be on a corner, and all of a sudden, party would just pop up around you. Right, they would go and it's street over. Yeah, yeah, no, that used to happen to you too. That happens everywhere I go. Uh, I just, you know, just parties That's awesome. pop up right when you leave. Oh, <laughs> as you leave, burned. they're like party. Uh, it just popped up out of nowhere. Uh, uh, another guy's got to be looking for this address. Look at you guys! I said, get don't log on until later. Uh, <laughs> coming in, coming in hot. The coming tuna boys. The tuna boys. There was. I did want to bring on uh, a fr- a friend and a, and somebody who's been on our show before because I thought you guys would actually hit it off. So he's a cannabis psychotherapist and he runs Reconscious One, which is a uh, psychotherapy practice um, in Durango, Colorado. He does telemedicine with. You know, at-risk people, PTSD, um, veterans, and he uses uh, a microdose ketamine therapy 
along with in conjunction with 90 minutes of intensive therapy at that time. And he is someone who believes in cannabinoid therapy. So believe me, if, if he could, he does write uh, recommendations here in Colorado, but they really don't have any type of open forum for doctors really talking to patients and he's trying to change that by well, we need we need a lot more of that nationally i tell you because i think one of the you know we just want to talk about the business itself this business has been doing a great job i think from a b2b standpoint but where we don't do as great a job is b2c be the consumer talking to the consumers i'm glad you said you had a guest to come on after me that's talking about uh going around educating seniors. What yeah. we need to do is get that educa education, education, education right now. You'd be so shocked at how many people still but yeah, I mean, have the same Biden attitude that this is a gateway drug. we got to start educating people and make them understand that this could be a saving of mankind rather than watching mankind continue to destroy itself. Well, it's amazing how it's how usually when people uh, who don't get it when they start saying things like gateway drug and stuff they really don't even see what they're talking about because the reality is it's the exact opposite it's like if you're on opi if you're on opioids or you're you know and and you look at people who take who get get off of opioids using cannabis only it's like literally the best step off they could do because you know if they do it like chemically like so for instance somebody's really hardcore uh, uh into opioids they they need to be stepped down so pharmaceutically that at a certain point they're still kind of stuck in that little loop without even knowing it because they just get Correct. put onto something else. You know what I mean? And if they don't, it's dangerous. And then they start to, you know, like really? And you see other people yeah, well, who just do it and then they, they nail it with, with, you know, I think it was like almost four years ago. I did a show with Dr. Oz, the doctor out of uh, New York university who had done research on the fact that there are, again, chemicals in the flavonoids of the cannabis plant that actually block the receptors on the nerve ending to be able to uptake opioids. Mm. And so cannabis is a legitimate exit drug for right. opioid rather than... Huh. A gateway and it's exit drug where it starts to block and so therefore over a short period of time you can literally almost block some of the effect not all but you will dampen the effect which then makes it not as enjoyable an experience so therefore the person who's addicted will move away from that addiction mm -hmm. i heard that called uh cannabinoid replacement therapy for opioid addiction yeah absolutely yeah. but there is real legitimate science that backs up the fact that it chemically works it's not just because of euphoria, which so many people think that's what it's all about. It's not. You know what, though? Sometimes feeling good is good enough. Mm -hmm. And that's if it allows you to take a step towards healing because you just didn't feel pain, and right. even if you didn't realize that it was blocking a neuroreceptor that didn't allow the opioid to bond in your neurochemistry, right. you know, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for it right now because it's, this year has shown us that people need to find a way to feel good. And uh, you, you were, you're going to... So might as well give them the option of using cannabis mm -hmm. for that. It's great. I mean, it's, it's the best option possible, right? And it's also creeping into, like, like we were 
we're going to be talking with uh, our next guest with Bobby Tuna um, about the senior citizen tour that he's doing. I mean, that by far is the best, the, the category of people that need it now while they have a chance to experience it, especially the ones that got lied to when their whole life. And then now they're all like, you know, on nine, they have four different conditions and they've got 11 different medications. And you're like, Oh my God, they could eliminate all of those and not have the, or not even have to have those because they wouldn't even have that condition if they didn't. This is not something that's new. We have to recognize that Israel has accepted this and looked at this this way for now the last 12 years or last 11 years where Israel actually turned cannabis into a geriatric drug. So you hit the age 70, you can walk into certain hospitals down there, show them your ID, and they will give you cannabis because they know that it reduces the amount of prescription medication that you're on. Mm -hmm. And so there's zero reason why baby boomers in this country aren't being more educated to make sure they understand that there's some of the stuff that we're taking you don't have to be taking. Right. Yeah, and and, and the cool... I mean, the shitty part is is that, uh, you know we're still not there when it comes to uh being f- fully federally accepted which i don't we're kind of happy about too because we we all we, we like working where we're working at the moment but at the same time for those elderly people that are still not you know still scared about having to have uh their uh their their substance there he is the, the doctor's in the house look at that see we, you call the doctor and he shows up that's rare that doesn't happen very often right I do house calls, man. Welcome, Dr. Mark. Uh, I was just talking about um, our next guest coming up in a little bit, in about 25 minutes, we have our next guest. But uh, we were talking, he, he's doing tours of uh, for senior citizens. So I was just saying how they are the ones who benefit the most right now from cannabis just because they get to immediately notice the different, like notice the effects uh, medicinally and also maybe break through some of their, you know, original stereotypes or, or, or sort of, prejudice towards this plant and all of a sudden be like, wow, you know, maybe there's some other things out there that have been lied to, right? Right. Well, they start to recognize that their endocannabinoid system has been starved for as long as it has been starved. Now, all of a sudden that you actually start to feed it, you know, your cells start to achieve the balance that it should have had for the last 50 years when you weren't using it. I like to use the word atrophy when it comes to someone's endocannabinoid system that is has never used cannabis. Look, there is science that has now proven that certain of the maladies that we see today, where we call them chronic illness, and some of the childhood diseases that we see today are because of atrophy or actual, you know, uh, an anandamide, you know, uh, uh, in, in our endocannabinoid system not being there. So people who have, you know, such small levels, um, is what's bringing on some of the maladies that we're facing today. Right. They're, yeah, they're, 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 that's what, and then I think that's also why certain people gravitate towards cannabis in general, just because they all of a sudden go like, whoa, what's this? I need this. And then just because their, their body is lacking in those particular cannabinoids and their body is not able to get them because we don't have them in our system and we should have just left them in there and then begin to begin with and we wouldn't have been sick. So yeah, it's a definite, um, steps you know so what do you think there mr mark dr mark (laughs) well you know i think that we all i think that people's endocannabinoid systems differ from person to person and i think that oftentimes you can see people's predilection towards cannabis use based upon a deficiency in their endocannabinoid system Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know you (laughs) have have to wonder evolutionarily how this is 
been affected too with prohibition and now with medicalization and legalization and people's endocannabinoid systems being able to be adjusted and tuned and for people to be able to function more properly. There you go. That's what I like to hear. So I need a lot of cannabinoids. Again, what say. when you say because of prohibition, remember, this has been prohibition since 1937. Before that, you know, you can look at every newspaper across the country back in the 1890s, 1895. There were tensions of cannabinoids, of, of cannabis, all were available. There was medicine available in the form of, you know, cannabis, 1850s, 1860s, 70s, 80s. Look at the back of newspapers and you'll see that. So we were feeding that system. And, you know, a lot of people don't even recognize or don't know on a show like yours, you give them the information. You know, the, uh, the, the clown, uh, you know, Anslinger, who was literally the leading prohibitionist when it came to alcohol, during the alcohol prohibition, he was a big supporter of cannabis. As a matter of fact, did speeches talking about the fact that cannabis and of course, he wasn't using the term cannabis. He was saying marijuana. Marijuana wasn't as as difficult of a drug for him. He didn't battle it. But when he was about to lose his damn job, mm -hmm. he decided to jump onto the bandwagon and go after prohibition for uh, for marijuana right. rather than prohibition for alcohol. So you know, we knew and we've known all along the valuable or the viability of cannabis. It's just been. You know, we've been hoodwinked in the last now almost 90 years, and now we're coming out of the darkness into the light. Yeah, and we're coming out every past. What's that? Right? We're coming out quickly, right? We're coming charging out of the gates. I think education is happening, access is happening, and and it's it's happening quick. I love it. The changes I... No, I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off. It's gonna pick up even faster because of this ruling from about three weeks ago. I'm telling you, I don't even think the DEA understands what it did when it said, I will allow research facilities that have, you know, our DEA stamps to be able to grow their own cultivars for research. That right there is the game changer of all game changers. Because, you know, since we actually even instituted the University of Mississippi, what, 40 years ago, 45 years ago, and allowed the University of Mississippi to be the only government-sponsored growing facility for cannabis, mm -hmm. That's how they've kept this down because they know they grew the worst weed in the world anyway. A, <laughs> B, you know it's most tainted weed in the world. I still, I, I, you know, I still have a canister from Irv uh, that was one of the original canisters that was sent out by the DEA yeah. that's still sent out today. Terrible. And and that's so weird. now the fact that they can grow it themselves, they can go out and reach out and find cultivars that are being grown around the country and test those. Mm -hmm. We're going to see. The trajectory of research uh, almost completely vertical. Yeah. Well, probably needs to be said that everybody who hasn't done it in a while or who hasn't done it at all needs to pick up a copy of Jack Herrer's The Emperor Wears No Clothes and give it a read because everything that Montel said, everything that we've said, it, that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. It starts with a lie, right? And then they build a story around the lie and they tell it a whole lot until... You just accept it. You accept the lie as the truth, you know. It's, so, it's tough, man. I, I tell you, from a from a psychological level, I see a lot of people with, with prohibition PTSD, right? Be because it was fed into so many of us that we shouldn't be doing that, 
right? People still pass judgment. I appreciate you smoking on the air and letting people know it's okay, right? Because we all need to, to be able to believe that and hold that. Otherwise, if we judge ourselves for medication, it's, it's just traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, for sure. This show gets knocked off the air pretty quickly when I let to smoke. I feel like, wait, you guys, I love the show. I love the show. I love everything you're doing. Just want you to not be smoking on the show. I'd be like, I don't think that can happen. I'd, be, I'd lose my train of thought so fast because I'd be like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I need to smoke a joint really quick and take it to work. Before COVID, Montel, we used to have to hunt around um, – after we lost the studio we had for a long time to just to find a place and we had to get it where where what was the place in that upstairs where they told us we could smoke but we oh, yeah. we like, got there early one day and they had left cultivated synergy yeah. yeah yeah and we started smoking for it and we're like wait a second you understand what we do here right it's a it's a cannabis industry podcast we talk to breeders and people in the industry you know it's this is what we do it's uh and we have a full studio at the time of people smoking so it's like they, yeah they were like are we oh you mean like smoking smoking i'm like yeah smoking yeah. like smoking like, you know, like, <laughs> like i don't know if you know we're like you gotta get ready for us so yeah Did you, it's, it's always, I, I always a challenge if you've ever watched the show before it's uh, please it, it's okay if you haven't but we had tommy chong on um and adam rolled a joint that I shit you not, it looked, maybe Mark has a photo he could pull up of it, but it looked like the joint that they smoked in the low rider when, when he goes, he goes, hey man, is, is that a joint man? Holy mo-, you know, I mean, that's really what it, I was of course, I, and, of course. I, I, and that was it every I day. I was absolutely impressed. And all my friends from Amsterdam were like, oh, you, I remember when you did that. I was like, yes, I went through my phase, my gigantic joint phase. <laughs> and well, and that's when we heard. We all go through that. We all go. Through. It's like our Led Zeppelin phase. You all go through that giant joint. I, I, I had Tommy on my podcast uh, a couple weeks back, and literally one of the most popular ones that we've done. But Tommy was so great, so cool. Oh yeah, no, isn't he the coolest guy in the world? Absolutely. I mean, I, I was really geeking out having a moment that I grew up listening to all his albums, watched all his movies. You know, used to do that scene for my buddies in college and crack them up when we were stoned. And now I'm I'm talking to him on Zoom. It's, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was literally talking to him doing the Dave's not here, man. Yeah, we we have Dave right here. So we had the yeah, we we were circular. We were going circular on that one. That was like Dave's know, here, man. Dave's here. I'm he's right not here. here. Is he here? Is he not? You know, we, we went, oh, really actually stoned, we got the history. Man. We got the history of that. I don't know if we he talked about it on yep. our show, but he gave us the history. So yeah, it must be one of his must be one of his things. He sounds and so the same authentic. thing with you. He I think it's one of so the things because we asked we all asked him a question about right. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so it's probably the greatest thing right now because he can do everyone's show. I mean, think about it for a minute. Prior to COVID, you this would have been unheard of, right? I mean, we would be coming on your show somewhere. We'd have to go through how many booking agents and pre-interviews, and we'd have to fly there, and we'd have the pre-interview and all that. And But now he's sitting in his, in his living room just like you are, you can come on. You can do our show. You know, 
trust me, I'm seeing a trend here. You're probably going to get a phone call, Montel, from Danny Danko <laughs> in a bit to do his show. I've literally, I love Danny, and you know I love you, Danny, if you're listening. But I'm, I'm looking at who he has on his show, and it's basically who the Adam Dunn show had on four weeks ago. Sloppy seconds from Dan, with Danny Danko. It's, it's that's his new podcast. <laughs> It's, a sloppy, it's, it's not even. He's not even allowed to be Danny Denko on his own podcast anymore. So it's, what is that, no, Danny? Right. He, he Danny what? The, the artist, formerly. <laughs> artist formerly known as Danny Denko. Sloppy seconds. There you go. That's the new title. Good have, fucking high time stole his name. Those motherfuckers. Damn it. Yeah. At least Ed Rosenthal still has his name. When we have Ed on the show, not only is he Ed Rosenthal, but we have the Ask Ed segment. Because oh, Ed owns Ask Ed. So we'll have him on and you can, you know, if you have any growing questions, you know. Oh, wait. Hey, Montel, you you need any gear? Do I need any gear? You need any gear? You're talking to Adam Dunn right here. Sage Master Seeds, TH Seeds. Well, you know, you know. Give me about a week and I'll, I'll tell you where I can get you. I can use some of that. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. I probably wouldn't be able to grow, but uh, then, then, then you'll then, put them in the hands of somebody who knows how to put them to good work. There you go. Use. Absolutely. So I always feel bad. I, we've kept you for like ninety minutes, and I'm. I'm you, if you don't oh, initiate the, we're going to keep you forever, Montel. You'll stay on for the whole three hours. So, guys, I want to tell you something. I appreciate being on. I know you have other guests that you have lined up, ready to go, and ready to go. Oh, yeah. real quick, let's talk about your podcast. No, they got fifteen more minutes. We yeah, fifteen more minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, my podcast, my podcast is Let's Be Blunt with Montel dot com, and you can get it on all the platforms. Nice, we got it. It's out there, and uh, you know, I think we've got a just like you guys, we've had a really f decent slate of guests. Everybody from Jim Belushi to Tommy Chung to mm -hmm. you know Dr. Mike Goldstein to you know Nathaniel Pennington, who on, runs Humboldt Seed Company, which is a really, really unbelievable seed company. Um, next few weeks, we got George Hodgen on, and George is a guy who runs Cannabis Research Foundation, which is a, a biopharmaceutical research company that's got every single certification that the DEA has for a research company and he is starting to do i think some really cutting edge research man so that's why i said that i know that in the next couple of years we're going to be watching research like go through the roof like a, a rocket and we're going to see breakthroughs that we haven't seen before i'm so excited about that but i mean that's what we do with uh let's be glad i try my best to do you know what the good doctor here is doing and that is you know educate people keep us all mindful of what we need to do to keep the message growing. And I mean, you know, I gotta tell you, one of the things that, that I kind of harp on a lot, but you know, there's a lot of us out here, not us, but there's a lot of us out here who have the means and have the ability to say something, but they're keeping their mouths shut. And right now is the time for the most noise to be made in America today. When this president and first lady and this new vice president steps into the office, they, I want them, uh, look, let, go after impeachment, go after all the other craps you want to go after, but you need to go after making sure that we who need medication get medication in our hands. Mm -hmm. That's just the paramount thing. We talk about, you know, the healthcare system in this country and healthcare and healthcare insurance and those things. Think about the impact that cannabis could have on the entire U.S. healthcare system when we start taking baby boomers and senior citizens off of 20 medications and lessening them the burden that they have. That alone is reason enough. And for the well, record, we, Jim Belushi snubbed me, by the way, so he's not, he hasn't been on the show. <laughs> Montel, I, Montel, I couldn't agree with you more, but that's where we have the battle somewhat, right? Because Big Pharma 
that they don't want this to get out because they want those 20 pills a day. So that's yeah. where our education, you speaking up and getting the message out there to the people, that that's priceless, man. Thank Big you. Knows, Thank you. Big Pharma knows more than anybody else that it's the consumer, not them, that drive the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. It's the consumer who saw the commercial on TV that goes to the doctor's office and says, hey, can I have some of that? Well, it's time for us who are in this industry to say, why the hell do, is there a prohibition against advertising for individual cannabis products when we know an individual cannabis product may do some good? So why can't you advertise in local markets that, you know, it's not a cure, but it may help you? Why can't we say go to dispensary A, B, C, or D rather than go down to, you know, to pharmaceutical dispensary A, B, C, or D? If you look at any, you look acro across this, you look, you look across America, though, like, I think the thing that saved almost any independent, like, magazine or newspaper that, that has any kind of, like, thing in the, is, is the advertisement from the fucking dispensaries because the dispensaries are the only thing that's Weed. like the roads here in Colorado you drive down any road it's sponsored by a dispensary <laughs> it's not you know it's not liquor stores it's dispensary 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 because dispensary. you can't even put a sign up but I that's mean, the only you way you can't even put a sign up right so you have to you know be strategic with your stuff but but again the only way you can be the only way we'll be able to beat this being strategic is when more and more consumers speak out what I'm so tired of is the fact that I'm hearing all these numbers where I'm interviewing people that are saying, oh, man, my spread for numbers are up. My sales are up. This is up. Well, then why don't you tell some of the people walking in there asking for some weed to say something to their local politician and say, David, we're not going to put up with this anymore, my friend. I'm sick and tired of the fact that I got to take 12 pills where I could have just been taking one big hit and been alleviated of some of the same things that 12 pills do for me. Mm. The moment that the consumer starts speaking out, you know, they are who drive the industry. It's not B to B, it's B to C. When we start paying attention, like the doctor, the doctor, is, he's going out speaking to, you know, um, uh, I, I assume you're talking to, to senior citizens and nursing homes and places around the state. Absolutely. Well, the more and more you do that, that senior citizen is going to walk into the doctor's office and say, tell me about that CBD stuff. You don't know? Well, never mind. They may not come back. Homeboy doesn't get that $25 extra check next month. He's going to start recognizing he needs to have a pamphlet sitting on his desk talking about CBD. We need to have more and more people step up to the plate, get out of the darkness, come into the light, and start speaking out. Well, when you talk about being politically active, I'm going to have to call you Montel Segway Williams because next week we have on Andy Bernstein, who's the executive director of Headcount. So headcount.org has worked with almost every musician across the country. Um, they're a neutral political organization. And what they do is they register people to vote. It's just that simple. It starts with registering to vote. So everyone should just take a moment and go to headcount.org if you're not registered to vote. And Andy will be on next week. And he just he started this, um, I want to say, right before the Obama administration. And I started volunteering for him. So it's what you say. That's exactly what it is. Register to vote because that's your voice. And the loudest voice in the room gets heard. You know, absolutely, and you know when you when you guys have more guests on, like I'm trying to have on, I mean, you know, tell them, man. I mean, it's 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 stop being so quiet. I don't understand how we think we're going to make a difference if we don't speak out. 
You know, you look at the, all the people who are making the noise right now that's gotten five days of television coverage. There are people speaking out because they feel as if they've been gypped or something in an election, whatever. You know, I feel like I'm being gypped with the fact that I'm not able to see advertisement for different types of cannabis near me where I can go and pick it up. So I need to speak out and say, I demand. Why can't I hear? Why are you trying to silence what makes me feel better? And the more and more I do it, the more and more individuals do it, we will make a difference. Bravo. That's awesome. Well said, man. Thank you. No, oh, thank you. And thank, thank you, you so much. Absolutely, man. And anytime, you know, look, you know, at some point in time down the road, of course, you know, I'm going to be that, that shameless huzzy and say, hey, you know, you got to do my podcast if you want. Uh, I already, yeah, I already said I, I'm there. Don't worry. Let's do it. Okay. Sure, my and, friend. you know, why don't you just let Jim Belushi know we're good people? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll pass on to you. Know, hey, you even ask me to come on the show. <laughs> oh. I mean, we've had Tommy Chung on twice. He's going to come on again with Cheech. Wow. We've had Ed Rosenthal on. We've had you on. You know, we've had Gary Johnson. We've had every breeder. I mean, he, that, that guy might not look at it sitting over there, but he knows every breeder that's worth their weight. I literally got a Rolodex. I got an old Rolodex. That's how, that's how old I am. I actually have a Rolodex. That's hilarious. You know. With some of the, the real deal. Yeah, definitely ought to have uh, Redman on, man. I'm telling you, he was such a great interview. Yeah, no, uh, Reg is awesome. Actually, I went to uh, we, we had um, <laughs> we had Dale Sky Jones on. We were talking with her from the from Oaksterdam, and yes. I, I went to Oaksterdam just to check it out in two thousand and nine, I believe it was. And he was in class taking a lesson on, on cannabis, it, and I was like, "Is that Red Man over there?" And he was like, he had his glasses on, and he looked all studious. And I was like, "It was when I went out and smoked a joint, of course, outside, which is the, the only the one school you can do that totally." Cool. <laughs> no problem. Hey, want to smoke a joint outside? Yes, no problem. But uh, yes, it's required. It's required exactly. But no, it was pretty interesting. He was like, he was like taking it so seriously at the time. I was like, that's good. Good to see. Good to see. He's like not right fucking on. around. He's not just going. Give me the give me the thing. It's easy. No, it's awesome. Well, guys, look, you know, well, you're welcome back anytime. I will give you a call. And I'll reach out. I'd love to come back. And Doc's like, thank you so much for your doing, sir. Anytime you want to be on the show, let me know. Again, it's Let's Be Blunt with Mata, and I'm on every single one of the platforms. You can subscribe. And, you know, anytime you want to be on as a guest, come on. I'd love to have you. That's Thanks awesome. for your work, Montel. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. So keep it up. And thank you, guys, Adam. Dave, thank hey, you thank so you, much. Thank you, Montel. It's been awesome. Keep up the good work, my friends. Yes, sir. You stay well. Peace out, man. Peace out. It's always the exit. He did, he did well. Good. He did good. Under the, he did, he did well. it like this. He did one of those deals. He did a finger I think tickler. he had a mouse. I think he had a yeah, mouse. Yeah, he had a mouse. <laughs> he did do one of these finger ticklers with one of those deals. Well, thinking, ooh. ooh, I thought it was one of those snoochie-boochie maneuvers. Snoochie-boochie under the screen. Now, Montel's awesome. I, I think uh, we, we have been told by Elka that he was the best guest we've ever had. Wow. <laughs> According to Elka. Yeah, Elka no, is a senior. Senior know. in the chat gang. So senior chat gang. Damn. I, they pretty much tell us what's going on this around This show has been surprising me even yeah. lately. Yeah. I mean, we've had some good guests lately. We, like so. I said, we are doing exactly <laughs> against our rules, which was yeah, setting exactly. the bar low, and we're fucking around. <laughs> but that's how you do it. You, you set the bar low, and then I'm, you... I'm breaking the rules, man. Yeah. But then we jump so high when we jump. I'm still here. The oh, yeah, we got, still low Oh, we here. still got Mark. No, oh, yeah, the, the bar's <laughs> been set back low with yeah, Dr. Man. Mark with nice. a K. Mark with a K. Yep. Doctor Mark with a K. Doctor Mark with a K. Keeping the bar low on the Adam Dunn show. There you go. You got it. It's a perfect. Oh, and segue. we've raised it again. Once again, the bar is going up higher oh, and higher. 
He's got the glasses on. He's got the glasses. I have bags under my eyes. Hey. I'm, I'm an accomplished stoner. Welcome, Bob. 30 years in prison, you could never show your eyes. That's right. So. Professional. Well, not mine, because I never stopped smoking. <laughs> Welcome back. So just before we get to you, Mark, yeah, man. tell us about Reconscious One and what you're doing there and, and your new your new virtual practice and, and therapy with low dose ketamine. Thanks, Dave. Give us give us give us a brief on that. As I said, Dr. Yeah, Mark with a K. So my, my company is Re Reconscious Medical. And we are launching. Hold on a second. <laughs> hold on, on, hold on. Who's tripping? We're tripping. Turn, turn your sound off, guys. That was awesome. Though. I got it figured out. Yeah, there it was kind of like, awesome. It was like dub. That was like some dub shit. Ghost Dr. Mark dub. Machine, that was man. some reverb man. Dr. Mark. Dope, dope, dope. And while you're telling <laughs> us about that, I'm going to have a wild monkey bar. Oh, sure. Yeah, I found these guys in Boulder. Mark, you would love this. This is like an all-natural organic granola bar with like a peanut butter on top with dark chocolate and salt. Oh. And I'm, I'm on Instagram one day and it pops up and I'm like, you know, I don't normally click these things, but I'm going to click this. And it said they're from Boulder. And I was just like, guys, oh. you know what? I... I, I Oh, I, I would I, I would like one. I don't know where to get no. one. Um, I, I'm on a show. I would love to eat oh, one on the air. And sh would you shit you not, he showed up the next day and he dropped these off. So tell us about Reconscious One, and we're going to enjoy a wild monkey bar. Mm -hmm. So we are, we're launching in the state of Colorado in just a couple of weeks a telemedicine ketamine therapy protocol which means you'll be able to be at home meet with wow that looks delicious i'm sorry i got distracted yeah but no they can <laughs> turn guys turn your sound off thank you <laughs> fuckers <laughs> this is gonna be weird so being able to do ketamine from home uh while having therapy so you know, we all need a little bit extra help right now during COVID. You see all these ads for different kinds of therapy. And what we're offering is really, truly enhanced therapy. Taking a medication that will allow you to see things in a different way, think outside of the box, feel better, right? And, and do your therapy. So that's what we're gonna be launching in Colorado really soon. And you'll be able to access this through an app. So you'll be able to be safely screened, access treatment, access medication, all through an app. And what's the website again? Reconsciousmedical.com. Holy moly. I, I, I have to say monkey bar, monkey bar. It was funny because right, right away, everybody picked up on it. I was like, right there away. There are no monkeys. No, no. No I, monkeys I were saw killed. Caddyshack straight out of the gate. Right when, you, right when you held it up to the screen, I was all... Caddyshack. <laughs> I was like, that's 100% Caddyshack. And it is. You know, it's good, but it's Caddyshack, 100%. What I want to add about this, Dave, is just that I'm not selling like a lifelong dependence on ketamine or having to go to therapy forever. It's like you can have a, a session, a you know, course of six treatments and really have some transformative life in your change. You're so a guide for them. You're a guide. You're helping them through a, a, a path and a journey. You have a beginning and you have an end. You are not looking to take anyone to seven years in therapy, paying you every day. You're going you're gonna to help them discover, or hopefully they know at least what led them to you. 
and you're going to help them find a, a path to enlightenment Move. or a solution. Let's give them some movement, man. Yeah. Like a lot of times you can sit in therapy for, for, for a decade and not quite get there. I'm talking about really transformative change with a few doses of medication, Dave. Yeah. I, I might be calling you, man. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm a little. Yeah, man. You get a discount. First ride's free, bro. First ride is free, Dave. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> Cool. So we're gonna we're gonna we have our next guest lined up, and hopefully we're gonna we're not gonna be in full reggae mode for the entire show, but we may. We, it may be a big. This may be a um, sound clash. Sound clash between two we'll guys see. in the same room, <laughs> the same at the I same time. I told them during sound check, don't be in the same room. When are you Ston going to the bathroom? Stoners. Take the computer, but no, they don't um, listen stoners. to me. Stoners. You know, it's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll, we're gonna get it done. We're gonna get it done. You guys can unmute right. if you want. You can unmute. Let's see it. Let's see it, Reggae, Reggae Masters. Do it. In my own. Tuna's in the house. Yeah. All right. You guys are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. Okay, I'll mute. Is that a Joe Namath jersey? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> All right, we gotta have to handle this, guys. Oh, tripping, 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 tripping. tripping. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Mark, is this what happens during ketamine therapy? <laughs> oh, this is ketamine. This is the beginning of it. <laughs> no, 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 ma. This looks exactly like ketamine no, this therapy. This is black tuna therapy. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. I believe it. Square grouper. All right. So it's basically it's 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 definitely Rory's fault, right? And, no, it's not my fault, but... No? It is. Well, no, now, no. good. Keep your, your computer Yeah, but when your computer... you through tune is good. I didn't know it. Yeah, don't turn good. your thing on. It's fine. The minute yours goes no, on... No, I'm unmuted. All right. But when we want to get the effect, you can unmute every so often just for fun, because it is, it is awesome. Is that working better? It seems that way. Yeah, we're both on the uh, same mic now. That's right. fine. You That's sound cool. just fine. All right, so when we, when we need a K-hole, oh. we will call you in. We'll say K hole. It's kind of like nitrous a little bit. It's a little bit of a nitrous vibe. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little nitrousy. It was kind of like the beginning. Uh, yes, it was a little bit of that. Uh. Couldn't stop. You know, I tried talking to Adam Mark about you know insulting the guests and the potential sponsors, but uh, he's really good uh, at no, what he does. I'm from New York. I'm from New York. That's what we do. Uh, speaking of which, speaking of which, we have let's announce it properly. Mr. Robert Platson, aka Bobby Tuna, right there, the man in the shades, and we have Rory Gold from Arborside. Uh, hanging out in the same room with the, the right mic on, and we got the Black Tuna Diaries, and we also had um, your My other movie? book, your other book, uh, uh, Greed and Evil. Greed and Evil, great stuff, great, great, timely, timely book, <laughs> timely book. We got a lot of that around. Yeah, I thought it would be an important book, so I found out nobody bought it. Uh, people, people don't buy books these days, do they? I mean, I guess. Black Tuna Diaries in its ninth printing and about to run out. But this is a serious book about the history of cannabis and a lot of the things Montel just spoke about. Uh -huh. And it's got all the inside information on who was getting paid off in Congress and oh, yeah. all the grants for D.A.R.E., uh, the sheriff's uh, pack, and... 
Nobody loved it. It's it's a stiff. It's a great book. Got great reviews, but it's a stiff. Black Tuna Diaries, nothing but true stories. Oh, they love that. The smuggling and lots of other good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we've noticed people definitely love to hear the the stories these days, and I think maybe they get scared when they when they read something that they realize they have to possibly do something about like themselves. Like hey, maybe we have to do maybe, shit. We got to do something. Like I can buy a book to do that. Um, and then we, uh, by the way, it was it was Arborside, not Harborside. Everybody gets mixed up. They're like the Walmart of weed, man. I'm like, no, it's Arborside, multiple cup winning with a, uh, with a few of our different friends and different p- collaborations over the years um, with the guys from Midnight Roots. Uh, oh, yeah. That was awesome because I remember you guys definitely did some collabs over the years. And uh, right there up in, Arborside, up in Ann Arbor, which is like one of the few cannabis sort of strongholds in America for a long time. I think like before anybody was thinking about anything, they were doing it fucking like, kind of like Boulder was for a little while until they wussed out and certainly there was some places that, you know, did it for years until now it's everywhere, of course, but welcome to the show. You guys are hanging out in Miami. Um, West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach. Beautiful. West Palm Beach. Yeah, rough. rough, a lot of surfing. Rough life right now. It is. So Got to go fishing. Got to play tennis. So Got to go to new store openings for True Leave. Yeah, that's a lot of work right there, huh? If they've got that many stories open, that's from 20, that's a never-ending job. You just got to, like, like, painting a bridge. By the time you're done... They open one or two a week. You got to yeah, go... And it's amazing. Yeah, all you got to do is... They train say, 35 people for each store, and they're pretty well-trained, too. Uh, it's just the most brilliant chain in the whole cannabis uh, industry. Are they and they running, make money. Are they running Adam Dunn gear? No. Huh? Are they running Adam Dunn gear? You have Adam Dunn seeds and no. Sage Master no. seeds? No. They got well, first of all, I don't own Truly. <laughs> uh, they've got a couple of partner brands, and I think they're going to get more. Uh, but right now, the hottest strain they have happens to be Black Tuna. Well, nice. look at that. It's awesome. It's their top shelf, most expensive. See if oh. we can... Yeah, it's one of those. It's kind of hard. Sometimes it jumps out of the thing. Yeah, because of Florida laws, packaging has to be opaque, right? White, yeah. barely plain. It's got to have all the lab information on it and the name of the uh, patient. And you can't do this, and you can't do that. So it pretty much limits you to like, all right, we're pretty much going to write the yeah. name. And yeah, but I like the part well, yeah. of what you can do. Yeah, I mean, Florida was never supposed to be able to legalize or be the last. And now we got a really vibrant program. When it started, it was low THC, no flour. Yeah, it was uh, very restrictive. Very restrictive. Then, then we got full medical. And uh, although they gave us a list of the things that you could prescribe for, the last one said, and anything your doctor feels, this should be the uh, medicine of choice. So it just kicked open the door for us. Of course, we helped write it. But now, and when that came in, they still couldn't have flour. But the courts have opened it all up for us. And I knew they would. 
I was in favor of the first restrictive law because I knew it would be changed. Mm-hmm. And the court said, yeah, you can have flour. And we couldn't have edibles. And then the court said, of course you can have edibles. So we've got almost everything except rec and homegrown. And we'll, when do you we'll think that's coming? Huh? When do you think you'll have rec or home cultivation? Uh, we tried to get rec on the ballot last November. Uh, we couldn't get the big money donors to get enough signatures. We needed 760,000 signatures. I was on the board of directors of Regulate Florida. We tried to pass rec and home grow. Uh, we, we never made the ballot. We had about uh, four or 500,000 signatures. That wasn't enough. And if you don't have the money to pay uh, pollsters, mm-hmm. you really don't have any chance of getting that many signatures. Uh, but I personally believe the legislature will pass it in the next year or two before we have another vote, because it will be on the ballot next time they know it. And they know it'll pass. So I think defensively, the legislature will take it on their own because we're a tourist economy and we're losing a fortune. Colorado, California, Massachusetts, now all of New England, mm-hmm. uh, Washington, Oregon, they're picking up and Florida's losing. So I think that's going to force the issue. Plus, we're losing a lot of university students to those areas. And that means tuition's got to go up to make up for the lack of students. So it's hurt us all the way around, not having rec. No medical reciprocity in Florida? No, we're trying for that, too. We got a petition going now. Uh, That would be easy for the legislature. And uh, seven or eight states have reciprocity. There's, There's no reason we don't have it. Rory raised his hand. You got a question? Forgot to mention Michigan. <coughs> Michigan, yeah. Yeah, we have, yeah, we have our rec and things are kind of going well. What's the situation with that? Um, right now, I'm I'm personally me. My place is having a problem getting licensed. We've been in business for a decade. Really? It's, uh, it's all controlled kind of deal, like classic, like you'd expect. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you kind of expect from Michigan, though, too. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I think Florida is, like, always poised to be, you know, a winning place when it comes to cannabis just because people, uh, you know, such a good – there's so many good strains coming out of that area – People have always had, you know, that kind of. It's it's been known for for high quality weed. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your 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 history from the, your smuggling days, just because that's also obviously where you're part of the career. <laughs> that uh, when when the unknown when you were living your life like we like many people who listen to the show who you know. Uh, are still in the traditional market or came out of the traditional market and we all kind of know know the ins and outs you were moving 
ridiculous amounts of of Colombian weed, right? That was the that was your sort of Santa Marta Gold, Santa Marta. the mother strain for what became most of the original good medical strains today, the hybrids. Santa Marta Gold was just the most amazing strain, and uh, I brought most of it in because most of the other smugglers didn't want to pay a high price over there. And Santa Marta is kind of a built-up area, so there was only a limited amount coming from the mountains be- behind Santa Marta. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was happy to pay back then wholesale anywhere from 40 to 60 bucks a pound oh. when uh, all the other smugglers were buying uh, Colombian regs for 20 a pound, 25 a pound. Right. And they thought I was crazy. But my loads always sold the minute they hit the dock or the airfield, because I was doing both, and uh, it always sold out long before anybody else's <laughs> Colombian rigs. And we got 50 to $100 more a pound. I think regs back in those days, I'm talking about Colombian rigs, which were very good. Mm-hmm. They were grown up in the mountains. They had fields that were 100 miles long. Uh, and it was good. Weed it was usually packed with stems and seeds. Yeah, and and Santa Marta's really dry. Else. Santa Marta's really dry too. I was there um, with one of our recent guests, um, and it was like the kind of an anomaly for the. Uh, it was as far as the all the areas around it were, um, you know, either jungle areas that were too wet all the time, or and the problem is drying it, of course. And so the the dryness there made it. Uh, Amazing, and also that port right there too. <laughs> Just if you like, you know, it was like the the spot because transportation is everything at that time, and uh, you know you have to pay people. The farther it goes, the more it costs. Doesn't matter where you are, and it's more dangerous. And uh, it seemed to be definitely like made for smuggler. They had that vibe right away. You went there, you're like, okay, I can see this a little island. Did you, yeah. ever, did you ever go there? I used or? to fly in. Uh, to La Cienega, which oh. means the lake. And it's that big lake between Barranquilla and uh, El Rodadero, Santa Marta. And it's up on the side of the mountain. We'd have to fly over this huge lake, fly in low, pop up to 10,000, spot the airfield, which was in a 100-square-mile uh, fruit farm. They grew oranges and lemons and all kinds of tropical fruits. And they had cleared a runway, theoretically a mile long. But at one end, there was a little uh, narrow-gauge railway where the banana plantations, you'd see the trains coming with bananas the whole time you were trying to take off down there and uh, hoping you got enough uh, altitude with your load to jump over the train and then pop up. But, and it was up on a, a steep, you had a steep uphill landing, mm-hmm. which was cool because it slowed you down. Right. And when you turned around to take off, yeah, it helped you even more. Just you were out. heading, yeah. yeah, all you had to do was <laughs> chase all the cows off the airfield. Usually they send somebody out on a horse to go scare all the cows off <laughs> so you could take off. Yeah. Same thing with the landing. Wait a minute, we got to get the cows off. And, uh, I mean, they were great days until uh, I had to spend 30 years in prison. Right. 
And but Santa Marta John, was a did trip. Johnny Depp play you in the movie? Uh, anybody, I'll go for anybody to play me. <laughs> yeah, he he, I, I love him. He's a fabulous actor, and and he seems to be the part for everything he plays. Uh, that was blow. That was blow. I, I was making a joke. <laughs> oh. No, I hey, thought hey, I thought hey, maybe hey, you, you were trying know. to uh, hook me up for a movie. I'm in. Yeah, he's like, ready? Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's always a good one. That's, a, that's the one that reels him in. Looks good like, to me. Yeah, reels him uh, in. Actually, we had a contract um, for a feature oh, yeah. film, and like most of them, it never quite got made. Uh, we had a great writer, but he was so much in demand that everybody kept hiring him away from us. So, so and, before you got busted and, uh, and everything, I mean, was the... Uh, the tuna part. To give us, give us the little lowdown on the whole tuna part of the action, because obviously that's where uh, you guys like to play. I guess <laughs> play the tuna, play the tuna zone. No, we didn't even know we were the black tunas until we got invited. Right? Yeah, because you called. called we called ourselves the fishing fools. Fishing fools. Yeah. Well, we fished a lot of tournaments, and we won a lot of tournaments. Sailfish, Marlin, Wahoo, uh, all the great uh, game fish. And that's what we love to do. We love to go fishing. But, of course, if you were out there with one or two nice fishing boats and you happen to just meet a Colombian by accident, uh, each of our boats could pick up 15,000. Right. And uh, two boats was a 30,000-pound load which was about as much Santa Marta gold as you could get at one time. Mm -hmm. I mean, friends of mine did loads from up in the mountains, 100, 150,000 pounds of rigs. But Santa Marta gold, I made sure it was packed right and uh, nothing but buds, no sticks, no stems. I was happy to pay a premium price, and I brought home a premium product. The only thing was, if you remember Santa Marta Gold, it was about 30% seed weight. Right, no matter what. And there was not a damn thing you could do about that. And how about for you? Uh, how about for you moving? Thirty percent is better than fifty percent. Well, how about for you, like yeah. having to move around a lot? Would would, would you end up with like uh, even a, like sometimes maybe having? Because I remember back in the day when it was like baled weed, you get a bad one and it'd be like. Oh my god! Like what happened here? Like this must be the last one that the guy loaded up or something because it was like all <laughs> like they strong? just like poured the seeds at the last guy. Like ah, fuck this guy, you know. I've, and I've been that guy. I think when like yeah. or been around that guy maybe. The it's, thing with Colombians, especially if you were buying monster loads of regs, is these guys wanted to buy so cheap. And if you're cheap, you're going to get cheap. Colombians will give you anything you want. Yeah. But if you're buying uh, regs at $12 a pound, mm -hmm. you know, when they press it, they're pressed in layers. You press a layer. Well, that's what I mean. Had, a layer. They had these little channels around where the press would come down so all the excess seeds would run out. But if you were buying $12 wheat, they had a big scooper. They'd scoop up a big scoop of seeds, toss it in, and then press the next load. Mm -hmm. So you had like, three sometimes four layers in a bale yeah and you'd see a big seed path uh, in between right that's but, what that's what i was you talking know, about you know if you're buying wholesale yeah say ten thousand pounds uh you don't get a lot of return 
rights for seeds. Colombian yeah. gold, if there were ever seed pockets, all I had to do was call Colombia and say, hey, look, I got 10, 15 pounds of loose seeds. Yeah. They say, okay, just take it off the bill. Nice. But I was willing to pay. Uh, now, a now price. the seeds are worth more. So you're like, hey, I wish I had those yeah, now. Don't <laughs> don't have any of those, do you? Could be like a bitcoin. You know, those are like bitcoins. Hundreds of people have asked me, where can I find the land race for the Santa Marta gold? You know, people call it Columbia gold. Not Santa Marta gold. Mm-hmm. It was unique to Santa Marta area. And, and the gold came more from the, the dry technique or from the strain itself? Because some strains actually yellow out. No, that came from the strain itself. Nice. But the demand was so great that the farmers who were growing regs yeah, just started leaving were having the agronomist who showed them how to bleach the soil or bleach, do something that the plant would bleach out nice. and, and turn almost white. Uh-huh. And they were trying to sell that for Santa Marta Gold. They didn't want to, but people just demanded the Santa Marta Gold. They said, yeah, man, I got to have the gold. I got to have the gold. Right. Well, okay, senor, you want the gold? We make gold. Yeah, right, of course. That is the Acapulco Gold. <laughs> Acapulco Gold was something entirely different. People, people were looking for that Santa Marta Gold. They're looking for the seeds. And so I went and I started looking for land race seeds mm-hmm. uh, to add to my black tuna strain. And uh, one guy asked me 150 grand for a dozen seeds. Claimed he had them. I didn't uh, care to find out at that price. No, that's ridiculous. But, I mean, the thing yeah, is, we, we, we always I'm say working we... on bringing back the original Santa Marta gold uh-huh. and. Another strain that was legend, almost one ever saw, the Punta Rojo, yeah. the red point. Right, heard of it, heard of it, for sure. You know, that came from up above uh, Bogota, came from way north. And the only people who used it and liked it were the long-distance truck drivers. Because it friggin' nailed you to the seat. Mm-hmm. You weren't, you know, you smoked it. You just weren't going anywhere. And uh, when we used to try to get some, we'd have to go to the vegetable market in Barranquilla at like six in the morning when the big trucks are all in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those guys, crazy guys, they're all driving double articulated lorries, you know, two, two big trailers through those mountains and smoking that Contreras. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could never get more than a couple of ounces, if that much. We'd buy it out of the truck driver's pocket. Really? Uh, but it was a legend. And uh, I traced it down, and uh, we, we'll see how it works. Of course, the first thing you got to do is feminize it because people don't even know what the hell to do with seeds. You know, kids today have no idea. What a little brown burn mark on your shirt or your pants <laughs> means. <laughs> Back in the day, yeah, all, you, all your out. clothes were gone, right? Because no matter how well you cleaned out the seeds, they'd be popping. It was out. always little teeny ones left in there, and they pop and instantly a little brown hole. The cops knew it. They'd look at you if they could see a little little hole in your shirt or pants. They knew you you were a stoner. And kids today have no idea how to roll the seeds out. 
It's funny. How to, how to clean that up. Man, you take a shoebox lid we, and a credit card, and they're gone. Yeah. No, it's funny. I had a. a I used to have a friend. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, he, he, he used to play keyboard in Dark Star Orchestra before he passed. But Scott Larned, love you, brother, wherever you are. And he used to write on the other side of their Frisbees. The other side is a Frisbee. You know, because we never we yeah. never threw the frisbee. Yeah. We had a frisbee because you used it to tap seeds out. Right. Uh, you know? So yeah, absolutely that was that, that they won't understand having to page someone on a beeper. You know, they won't understand having to go to a corner and and hope that the guy that came out actually had grass and not oregano. There are so many things the new generation will never get. Well, I still use that like that that idea as far as with the seeds, because I'll be growing seeded stuff, breeding all the time. So it's like I'm constantly using old school technology, which is basically the back of a record, <laughs> which is the way you used to do it, right? I was always on a record because they were perfect, the perfect thing. Now that's like really hard to find that. I mean, I don't, good good luck finding a record to do it on. But I uh, I was doing it on a screen the other day. And I was thinking to myself, like, how many guys would be standing around, like, now, like, millennials looking at a bunch of seeds going, like, how are we going to get it out of the thing? You know what I mean? It's like, you got to go back to the, back to your <laughs> lizard brain. Go back to your lizard brain and get to, like, Can't pick up the, smoke it, man. pick it up sideways and start tapping and doing stuff and things actually work, you know? And you're like, well, yeah. this actually, this. with us, it was always a shoebox lid. Shoebox lid. they could just sit and settle in the bottom. Yeah. But you think about all the pounds of seeds we threw away. Mm -hmm. uh, swept up and had to hide in garbage bags to get rid of them, and uh, today they're worth yeah. an absolute fortune. Once again, but those yeah, were the days. Yeah, if you could go to jail for it back then, so you got rid of it. You know, if you had seeds and stems, it wasn't no. You weren't thinking, oh, you know, in twenty years I'm going to be able to grow. Well, Adam was, but well, rest, no. What we were saying earlier is good thinking. It's all about you the know. it's all about the film cases, film canisters in people's freezers, right? If you can find those people who, a, don't clean their freezer out very often, because you don't want the guy who like goes in and out all the time, because he probably <laughs> lose it along the way. But the guy who just like lets it turn into a big block of ice, it's been there for fifteen years. You're like, that's the guy right there. Boom! You go in there like a archaeologist and you dig that shit out. <laughs> you will find something good. And you'll probably bust the thing out and burn out the whole There's thing. There's a TV show in there somewhere. I did it you once. Know, no, I did it once myself, and I actually, I, right when I thought I was perfect, I hit the thing, just hit the wrong thing, and I was like, all right, I killed that fridge, but I got the seeds out. So, you know, it's, it's definitely worth it. It's, yeah, it is an episode in itself, I guess, digging them out. But you could definitely, I'm sure if you talk to your friends along the way, even if they have <coughs> anything in a film case, that's good enough knowledge that is probably old, you know what I mean? Because there's not many film cases or record label or record backs. Any of those things aren't even around anymore. Um, so, what led to the um, what led to your to the demise of the crew and all that along the way? Because I'm sure you you were, if you're doing thirty thousand pounds at a time, you must cause waves locally. As far as like, okay, they know there's some good weed around because any good weed anywhere causes waves, right? If it's good, yeah. If it's bad weed, no. Even when loads are coming in seventy, eighty thousand pounds. As soon as any word got out, and, and we were, not many people actually knew us back in the day. We had four or five great customers, uh, and any one of them could have taken the whole load. And we would split it up so they'd each have some work. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and come back the next time. But guys who were bringing in 70, 80,000 pounds, they'd be dead meat until my loads were gone. People just weren't interested, even though they could. I think back then the regs were uh, wholesaling about 180 a pound in Miami. If if you were buying, you know, 500, 1,000 at a time or more. Right. And uh, our Santa Marta Gold was anywhere from 340 to uh, about 380 a pound. And how did you differentiate between Santa Marta Gold and other cannabis back in the day if it was in a bale? Did you have like a, was there a notation on it or they just did business with you? So they knew that it was our bales did not look like anybody else's. First of all, they were absolutely square. And if you remember, most of the other bales were pillows. Uh -huh. uh, and, and they came in things like Marlboro boxes. There might be a couple of pillows in there. Uh, they averaged 50, 60 pounds. Mine were absolutely square because they were probably made in a trash compactor. <laughs> they were only had a light press on them, no, no real hard press. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you opened them up, they just flowered right up. But they were wrapped first in a heavy plastic wrap, then burlap, and then they went into a perfectly sized square box we sent over. Each so one or multiple. Stack them in an airplane, oh, really? stack them in a boat, and we sent them a baler that put that, those bands around the boxes. Nice. And then they actually said uh, Black Dune or Santa Marta Gold or something. <laughs> you guys had no, no shame at that point. No shame at that point. You're like, fuck it. Throw the uh, name one right of on. the museums did a Black Tuna retrospective a few years ago a big museum in miami and uh it turned up one of our uh burlap covers <laughs> that said black tuna santa marta gold it didn't say black tuna santa marta gold something like that it identified us hmm. didn't know we were black tuna until we got indicted what about the and, what about the boxes themselves? I mean, they sound like they're pretty sturdy. The did they uh, did they last anywhere? Somebody must have those boxes. If there's well, thousands of them. No, no. actually, no. You don't no. know the government five percent for using their name that they gave you, do you? <laughs> no, no. no they okay. asked for like fifty, and Bobby said no way. <laughs> no, but. Uh, you know, there's a company up in Canada that's using my name. Never even asked. And uh, what are they? Oh, Five Star Genetics. They do a black tuna strain. Hmm. Really? And on their website, it's got my story, my medallion. What? Wow. Money. They never asked. And it's their, it was their top rated best selling strain. Always is. And I got it. Oh, God. Especially in Canada. I had the same with the well, Sage. Same deal. It's and, probably and right every, next to the Sage up there, too. You just haven't probably. been up there to see it. Yeah, it's probably right next to the top <laughs> And the worst thing. part is, every time somebody uh, does a review of my strain, they say, oh, and it comes from Five Star Genetics. I want to fucking choke them. Mm. Because truly spent over a year yeah. developing that strain and 
we wanted it to be as close as possible to the effects of the Santa Marta gold. Mm-hmm. It's not Santa Marta gold. It's half lamb's breath, and nobody can object to that. That's smooth as glass. And another Spanish strain that's similar to Santa Marta gold. And they developed it at True Leaf. Mm -hmm. Uh, They developed it for me. And uh, I'm told that they wanted to do it because of all the uh, activism work with the Silver Tour and the fact that if you walk into a Florida dispensary, you want to see 60% uh, seniors. Yeah. And, you know, Silver Tour was the only one who went out and rounded up the senior boat yeah, and tell, educated tell about, seniors. Tell us about that. I was, I was alluding to it earlier, but uh, give us the lowdown on that, that when it started. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really good service because it makes a lot of sense. And it's every time I had on the show when I tell people who I think are the most who get the benefit the most. It's always, I think, senior citizens because they need to experience it before they pass away. And they also need to realize that they have got, you know, they've been lied to their entire life. And then maybe they'll just wake up and be like, holy shit, I can experience my family for the last five years of my life or 10 years of my life maybe, you know, but, but it, at least they get the, the, the real deal, you know? Cause Except they wouldn't wake up on their own. Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. I came out in uh, the end of 2008. Uh, that's when I published my first book, Black Tuna Diaries. I was writing for High Times. Uh, Bean was my editor. I did the... Uh, I did the uh, the feature story on Irv Rosenfeld, six-page center story. Uh, I did a column for the New York Times, and uh, I went back to being a pitchman. It's what I did for many years before I became a smuggler. You know, I'm one of those guys from the boardwalk. Oh, yeah. I was pitching right there. Look at, knives. Look, at, look at Dave. Dave's like, man, that's he's before the, Ron Popeil. Would have been he was here before I became a smuggler. It's just this, like such a I, yeah, the pitch I want to say cool thing to say. You know, it just just. Well, I went back to it when I got out of prison to uh, put groceries on the table, and until my book first book came out. Anyway, uh, let's jump up to 2010. Prop 19 is on the ballot in California. First time on the ballot, full legalization. First time for real. And uh, I was on several broadcast radio shows frequently trying to uh, get it passed. And I said, if this doesn't pass, it's going to set the movement back at least two to four years uh, and the government's going to take it as a signal that uh, maybe you don't really want to legalize pot. And, of course, you know what happened. When Prop 19 failed, mm-hmm. and it was only by 6%, Super close, yeah. uh, Prosecutor Haig came down, started closing dispensaries. Hag, not Haig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, another prosecutor, federal prosecutor, Northern Florida started arresting growers, uh, and the whole thing started going in the wrong direction. And when I looked at the exit polls from Prop 19, I saw it was seniors that voted it down. And that didn't make a lot of sense to me. That's my generation. We invented marijuana for white people, and that happens to be the truth. 
because before that, jazz musicians and, uh, you know, the, there was uh, Mexican regs, which wasn't much good, but it was really bringing in the Colombian and the, and the good Jamaican. It just exploded the whole cannabis scene. In any case, I saw it with seniors and I thought about it for a while. Nobody was talking to seniors. Talked to some of the big time activists out in California. They said, lost cause seniors. Now nah, we're never going to change them back. They had too many years of uh, indoctrination. Brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah. But I said, I'm a pitchman. I'm a stoner and I'm a senior. And if I can't do it, who can? And uh, I started the Silver Tour. You go into big senior communities, and they've all got uh, big clubhouses, and we give them a free buffet, and a senior will come for free food. At 3.30 for dinner, Anytime. right? Anytime. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. And I'd bring a doctor, yeah. and I'd bring a nurse, and I'd bring patients to tell their story. And, of course, I packaged it like pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you're the pitch man. You got the, you got the and I'd have doctors there to sign them up to get their cards. Or before that, uh, we'd give them a form to fill in to vote for medical marijuana. Because when we put it on the ballot here, the first time it failed. And that's when I started uh, all the TV and radio with the Silver Tour. But Prop 19 was really the impetus. Somebody had to go talk to seniors. And uh, I had spent 30 years in prison. You think I didn't know that was a hook? Hell of a publicity hook. Ex-con teaching cannabis to seniors, weed to the elderly. Press loved it. The first big show we did uh, was in a big synagogue. I couldn't even get into the uh, senior communities here. And I live in one. Uh, it was a big synagogue in... Uh, Fort Lauderdale, and the Wall Street Journal showed up, and they wanted to. They interviewed these people going in. How come you're here? What are you doing? This is about. Oh, my grandson said to come, or I come every Wednesday for the free food, or Perfect. some people even said they were curious about Literally cannabis. Furious about those same people coming out. Yeah, were dead serious. I'm an adult. Why can't I determine what I'm going to put in my body? If this can't hurt me, why can't I try it? Mm -hmm. And after listening to doctors tell them that it doesn't interfere with the medications they take, they'll be able to cut it down. Seniors buy the story. It wasn't hard. And then, of course, you wrap it up and tell them, look, remember when you were in college? Sit around with your friends, smoke a little weed call for a pizza, forget what you were talking about, call for another pizza. And then you get a great night's sleep. And two you wake up feeling terrific. I said, no, why? Ever see that commercial for the sleeping meds that almost every senior takes? You know, with a little butterfly? Mm -hmm. They tell you you could end up, you could walk in your sleep, and you could talk in your sleep, and you'll eat in your sleep, or drive a car in your sleep, and you remember... Uh, what was it, Ethel Kennedy's husband or Ethel Kennedy ran right into a tree from uh, Lunesta 
because it doesn't put you to sleep, it puts you in a fugue state. Right. It, and it's very uncomfortable. And some people take a second one, and they tell you if you do that, your tongue will swell up, and there's a good chance you're going to die. Sounds awesome. And every month, a couple <laughs> hundred people die from that crap. Right. Oy. But uh, yeah, the same. And thing. then you tell them, remember how nice it felt? Yeah. <sighs> oh, what a great nice sleep. REM sleep, dreams, and you do some good things. Well, it's like the classic. Nice it's like the classic where you know the kid makes the the brownies, and then the grandma eats all the brownies. Yeah. When he's not, when, and then. She's fine and she's loving it until he tells her, oh, by the way, you know this guy weeded it. And then all of a sudden she's having panic attacks and she's puking and she's dying. And you're like, wait a minute, five minutes ago you were having a great time. You were like, everything was perfect. It was just, you just didn't get it until I mentioned like, I think that's why you got that. And then all of a sudden it all, you know, because there's so much uh, pre sort of predisposition to all this stuff because they've been raised in that time period like well let's speak about that like you you were out of the out of the system for 30 years which is crazy right that's like the the longest no i was in the system well i mean you for 30 years yeah yeah yeah. you're you're in in the the federal prison system yeah you're out of the system now that you were in for 30 years but uh, for those 30 years that was the longest now ever for nonviolent cannabis sort of uh uh, Except for Richard Delisi, who got out a couple of weeks ago. Right. Okay. Thank you. He did uh, thirty and a half. How good? So you're you're in the. <laughs> he got me beat. He took my title. You're in the club, though. Yeah, I was talking to his uh, nephew recently about having him on the show. Um, so you were, but you had a forty-six year or something like that. What was it? What was your sentence that you actually sixty-four had? years? Oh, 64. Sentence. Yeah, I'm dyslexic. There. No parole. Sixty-four. Oh. Something like that. Wow. Yeah, I caught the first Kingpin sentence. Uh, ever given for marijuana. And I'm thinking kingpin, I'm not even a safety pin compared to some of these guys in Florida. Right. But I was wrong person, wrong time, in the wrong place, and I was naive. Uh, and so it was probably the biggest was Reagan marijuana too, right? indictment, or... 110 counts or something. You lose count after a while. Was it... it all sort of blends in. Was it during uh, Reagan? Was th- that during Reagan or during during Bush that you were in? Uh, no, Carter. Oh, still wow. <laughs> that's how long. That's how long ago. So Carter. So you almost thought maybe you get away with it because it's Carter, and then you exactly. Get, you get totally, See, now you got it right. <laughs> you get totally we figured right. he's going to legalize it, yeah. and we only had a year or two to uh, make our our bones, our money. Right. Uh, so that's what we did, and. Back in those days, you were very unlikely to get more than uh, a five-year sentence for first offense. Yeah. And this was first offense. Uh, and with a five-year se- sentence back in the parole days, yep. you did at best 28 to 36 months. Right. Which you- That's like a vacation. Yeah, which you would have been like, at this point in time, <laughs> glad, glad to take that. But uh, so then- It's what our, our old prisoners used to call a skid bit. You could skid right through it, one end to the other. So, so you were your your case was setting precedent though for for guys running big terrible loads, like, precedent. And a lot of other people came <sighs> at that time period. Was it like was it like a, a was it a setup from the inside? Because it's usually an inside job. Was it an inside job, or was there some sort of person got busted along the way, or how, how did it all go down in the long run? What are you talking about? How we got busted? Yeah, like how how the real how the penny dropped or the dime dropped at that time. They were guys who were on the fringe, maybe a, a truck driver or a guy who had sold us some when we were middling. Mm-hmm. You know, before you're a smuggler, you're a middler. Uh-huh. 
and uh, when we were middling other people's loads, uh, any of those guys who got caught yeah. turned and pointed a finger. They were looking for somebody. Uh, we had a pilot who uh, rolled, but this was uh, over a year after we had retired. Right, so you had already been When out. they finally uh, got it together and had a grand jury, it was like a year and a half after we retired. We figured it's all gone. It's all been smoked up. What do we have to worry about? <laughs> right. Classic. Of course, they had never used RICO or 848, the Kingpin statute. And uh, they hadn't really used conspiracy charges uh, in pot cases. And, you know, conspiracy uh, just makes it easy for them. Uh-huh. Of course, somebody can come on and say, he told me this, yeah, like, or I called this guy and he told me that. Right. You don't need evidence. You just need a rat to confirm what another rat tells you. Uh, yeah. And so we well, we you, were I actually mean, you tried were also, you were also, conspiracy. You were also, we never got caught. You guys were also bringing in the quality, too, which really pissed off a few people along the way, too. They were like, that guy, those guys. You know, back in the day, they probably respected you a little bit more. And then once you got out, it was sort of like, you know, they realized uh, you were easy target in the sense that, you know, you're probably still making waves in their minds just because the quality was already there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah victim of your own. What success, really right? happened was this. Uh-huh. Uh, the Berlin Wall had come down. The communist conspiracies had all gone away. And the FBI didn't know what to do with themselves. They didn't have any work. Couldn't hunt commie, you know, make-believe commies anymore. And their espoused mission at that time was to stop uh, industrial espionage. That's not too sexy. Uh, They were looking for a reason to stay alive. And, of course... Uh, Carter had threatened to uh, dismantle the DEA, which would have been a great idea. (laughs) So we were like, yeah, that sounds good. We'll do that. Yeah, DEA, FBI got together, and it was the first joint task force. FBI and DEA were both carrying dual credentials. And they were loving that. Yeah, guy, you could be DEA. They were they were punning out. They were having a pun pun sesh at that moment. They were like, "Dude, we're and, the first joint." De- de- and dude, and the it. mission <laughs> was to trace the billions of dollars that were moving from Miami yeah. to Colombia and to Jamaica. They were going to trace the money flow. It was called Operation Banco. They put about seven million bucks in. It's back 40 years ago. It's a lot of damn money. And they came up empty. <laughs> they spent, it, they spent it all. They got, they got $7 million, They spent it. And they went, we got nothing. <laughs> we got nothing. We got they catch, and they did so much cocaine during that time period. They were probably just completely out of Every time they catch a banker, it would turn out he was connected to the CIA. Right. Like everybody else down in Miami. <laughs> so they they get uh, this banker who's been moving maybe $10 million a week. And all they could do is slap him on the wrist and give him a suspended sentence because he's been uh, working with the Cubans on uh, the anti-Castro stuff. Right. They can't blow the CIA. Don't blow the cover. So they kept coming up empty. 
They needed a high publicity case. And uh, they invented one with us. They got but you. But that's, that's all history. I don't even think about it. No, I mean, but uh, it is. But, it, but it, is, it is a time period that it's amazing, too, because right now those, those countries are growing plenty of cannabis again. And, you know, unfortunately, it's mostly coming from other places and you're not going to find it. I have, a, I have a friend who I actually tried to hit him up to see if he'd jump on because he's, he grew up in Santa Marta. His dad is a famous guy there. They, he, we, we, we sat down at the marina every night and I'm just thinking to myself like, well, this is where it all pretty much went down. You know what I mean? Here it is. It's like, you know, you're, it's just the same guy who owns that marina has been there for 30 years. So yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking, well, this guy's been around long enough. He's probably the same, you know, literally how many do you love? I probably know him. <laughs> probably Me and do. My friends <laughs> controlled the port, their family. Oh yeah, it's very the same. wealthy and, family from the area. Exactly, and, this is, uh, and I'm the, saying it's uh, the same. It's the same. Father had been a senator or uh-huh. governor of the province. Uh, they were the yeah, we, second biggest uh, cattle ranchers. It's definitely, it's definitely, growers. definitely a well. I mean, it's one. It's it's interesting when you go to those kind of places because you realize, like, you know. They, it helped their economy immensely, obviously, because there's you know plenty of cocaine money funneled through there and, can, and cannabis money. But you know, I mean, unfortunately, can, cocaine became the real money maker there because that's pretty much the same has all the same benefits. Uh, like we were on a boat cruising along, and they there'd be like these buildings that were empty now, and they'd be. He, and my friend was like, "Yeah, all these buildings were just literally filled to the ceiling with cocaine, waiting to go out of the port." You know, and the police station is right next door, and the police don't give a fuck. You know, it was, just, it was like that. It was, it was literally that crazy back then. It was like, so the police were there, and those buildings were just filled, and they would just be like, nothing. They wouldn't give a shit, and and in the middle of the night, they'd move it all, and nobody would get caught. I'd be like, that's nuts. But that's just the way it was. It was, it was a totally different time period. You know, and those days are gone. You'll never see that again. Though. So you you were lucky to, even though you don't want to think about it, you definitely were lucky enough to experience a lot of stuff that is never going to probably ever happen again as far as in those, especially when it comes to those cannabis strains that are, if you could only get four ounces of it and you were picking up loads, that shit was worth <laughs> its weight. You know what I mean? Like that's the, that's the four ounces we want. Like the stuff off the truck driver that you can only get that much. And that's it. Yeah. That's the shit right there. Yeah. Well, I, I found the land race seeds, so we'll see if it works out. Oh, we'll hold. Go ahead and get that. <laughs> That's the gate. Yes. <laughs> the pizza. Oh, no, I didn't just call the gate a little while ago. Bye-bye. No, we need, we ordered I'm on TV pizza. at the moment. Bye-bye. <laughs> right, you're live by the gate. Yeah. No, man, we ordered a pizza earlier and... Uh, like two good stoners, I forgot to call them into the gate. Ah, you see. I live in a gated senior community. Right. Uh, it's nice. It's, it's not quiet. The, it's not the DEA. And I turned kind of them all thing. into stoners. Nice. Of course. When I got that. here, it was nobody could find out who I was. I was, you know, they, they told me to keep it very quiet. These right. people here are not marijuana people. You know, if, uh, if we let you live here. Oh, give me a little time, right? You're on the down low. <laughs> And now uh, I'm the hero of the development. I'm the marijuana guy, the tuna guy. The tuna guy. It's nice. I, I, I go into the supermarket. Hey, you're the tuna guy from Square Group or, or from the Black Tuna Strain or 
Uh, I saw you on TV. And then, you know, for an old convict, that ain't bad. I love what I do. Good for you. I've, I've never gotten as much satisfaction from anything as, as I have working as an activist and actually seeing the laws change and being able to round up the senior vote, which was the missing piece. And uh, I mean, I, I started the biggest chain of schools in Europe. I had my schools in England, Holland, Germany. I had teachers in Oxford, Cambridge, Edinburgh, London University. Uh, I was the Evelyn Wood of Europe. I had a company, Dynamic And that was very satisfying. I loved it. But nothing has compared to seeing the results of what we've done the last five or six years here in the United States. Changed the face of cannabis. Mm -hmm. We've opened up doors that people said we're never going to open, not for another 20 years. And, and we did it through a lot of hard work, a lot of conversation, a lot of money raising. Uh, and it just all feels wonderful. It is, right? It's, I mean, again, you get to see things from all sides, obviously, from the crazy side that nobody knew nothing about because you had to be completely underground and the way it, should, the way it used to be to like now being able to use that all the way to the other end of the spectrum of being able to use all of that to your advantage and also be able to break through sort of boundaries that uh, most people can't because again, you've, you're in a senior, uh, like you can deal with senior citizens on their level, but also they must be shocked when they, they must be shocked when they hear your, <laughs> your, like what they were doing for 30 years and what you were doing for 30 years and and you know and the reality of like when they smoke that first puff and it works so good and they're like wait a minute so for this you you know what I mean like it just puts everything into perspective I think for these people in some crazy way, which uh, is a good thing I think because I think everybody needs to know. Uh, it's worked really well. Why this? When the movie Square Grouper first came out, uh -huh. and I did the uh, PR for Magnolia Films, I traveled around to the premieres and the uh, film festivals. People would watch that. And of course, it talked about the 64 year sentence and it featured me and my wife and my captain and, and my crew who went away. And also, you know, it was three stories. One was the Coptic Christians mm -hmm. who did it for the religion, supposedly. There was the Black Tuna. And then there was Everglade City where the whole town were smugglers. But people would see the Black Tuna segment uh, and get to know a little bit about me and my wife and my partner, uh, who I grew up with in Philly, and, and the guys who work with us. We were all fishermen together. And they'd come out and they'd be in tears. And they'd say, they'd hug me. And we're so sorry this happened to you. I expected to come out of prison being a pariah. And... What happened was just the opposite, because the time was right. And people told me, no, when you come out, everybody's going to love you, and you'll be a hero of the activist community, and you did all this time. And I said, man, no way. When I went away, they called me a dope czar, and they meant it in the most derogatory way possible. And now I kind of wear 
Can we call you that now with love and respect? Yeah, they do. And, and it's wonderful. So, uh, so my friend just joined us, uh, who is uh, the guy that I was telling you about, my friend down in Santa Marta. So he's uh, hey. jumped on here because I was like, oh. What's up, guys? He's like, I recognize that guy. <laughs> so maybe not from. El Ato Negro. Oh, yeah. Que más a tu negro? Sí, sí. Everything good? Everything is really good. All I need is one more wife. It's an honor to meet you, man. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm over, long... in, huh? I'm over here right now in the lands. I'm in the lands that you used to come through. I'm here in Santa Marta right now. I'm in La Bahia de Gaira. You remember that bay? Yeah, I used to uh, spend a lot of time in El Rodadero outside. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of the hotel. In the Ro- I'm, I'm right now, I'm here in Rodadero, and I'm in Playa Salguero, right yeah. next to Burucuca. Remember Burucuca? Yeah. Burucuca used to be a big spot um, where, when, well, pretty much that's where they used to have the, you know how they used to have a lot of beaches here next to Tirona Park with just a bunch of, like, built caves that where they used to put all the packs before they used to put them on on the transports yeah well yeah. i'm actually right here right now i'll show you let me see the camera yeah burukuka check it out yeah yeah Carlos, that's, 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 your phone. When, when we your did phone boat trips that's where right, they used to load up there you go exactly <laughs> so i'm right here right now live from one of the beaches where you used to load up about how many years ago? <laughs> <laughs> right when uh, you were born. Plane landing right now? What That's a plane landing right now. The plane. The plane. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, get that Santa Marta gold, man. Come on. Yeah. And I used to fly into La Cienega. Yes. Right up, right up above La Cienega was an airstrip that was 100 feet wide or 200 feet wide and a mile long. And when uh, that's what his camera's on right now. That's the, <laughs> no, looks it looks like beach. it. And beach. when uh, the rainy season, when La Guajira was, you know, all a swamp and the planes couldn't land there, everybody yes. was using this one airfield right up above La Cienega, uh, up on the side of a mountain. Yeah, yeah. And, that's uh, la, la Cienega Grande del Magdalena is the biggest. Uh, body of water the biggest um uh not salt water but but fresh water that can rackish yeah remember so this like yeah it reminds you kind of like of the everglades because la cienega is very you know it's very um everglady like there was manatees and it's like two meters of of um of death so it's and it's amazing and now that you mentioned la guajira i was actually telling adam like Ask him about La Guajira and the and the landing points in La Guajira, because of course, like I just came from La Guajira uh, two weeks ago, and I was, you know, over there, there's there's like four families that run the whole thing, like four yeah. indigenous families. Um, one of them are the EPAU, and I'm very good friends with with uh, like the clan members. And the other day we were just talking to one of the guys there. He was uh, like 70 years old, and he was like, yeah, I remember when. The boats used to come in from Santa Marta, and then we used to put them on the on the 
big um, 18 wheelers and then we used to take the 18 wheelers and put them across to the other side and then fill the fucking t- uh, the big uh, ships and then they would leave so like it's amazing just making all these connections from both sides right it's, it's great yeah i remember i'd fly over la Guajira, and in five minutes you'd see 12 strips some of them had broken airplanes some of them had half buried airplanes but we always used the strip above La Cienega. And uh, it's the safest it was an one. uphill. Huh? It's the safest one. And it's also, it's been, I mean, La Cienega connects to Magdalena River. And before GPS even existed and all that, you know, like German planes, which pretty much was the first planes that were here, um, like talking about history wise, you know, they used to use uh, the Magdalena River and La Cienega Grande. To, to be able to locate, you know, and land safely in between the coast and the capital. So it, it makes so much sense that you say La Cienega because also La Cienega, it's dry pretty much all year. You know, La Cienega Grande and Magdalena, is, it doesn't, you know, it, it, it only has a couple of rainy seasons. So so it's actually amazing. Yeah, when La Guajira, you couldn't, you know, it turned from a desert into a swamp rainy season. Yeah. But yeah. La Cienega, up along the side of the mountain, it was good all year round. And yeah. some days there'd be five and six and seven planes that would land to load there. Uh, in fact, we got captured there. <laughs> um, I flew a DC-3. Into, a DC-3? Yeah. Best Damn. plane ever made. And nothing compares to that airplane. It's like the smuggler dream I had plan. I've never flown Back anything with right? a small Cessna. <laughs> and here I'm flying this big transport plane. Blew it into the, the strip in La Cienega. And uh, we taxi up to the top, of course, turn around. And two trucks pull up, start fueling up both wings, you know, out of these barrels. And another truck pulls up and they start throwing bales. Yeah. And they put about five and a half thousand pounds in there. That's a comfortable load for a DC three. And uh, just when they're getting ready to button up the airplane, here right down the other end of the strip, a guy comes out uh, with two Dobermans, a lieutenant in the army, and. The soldiers come in from both sides, and it's tranquilo hombres, tranquilo hombres. And this lieutenant with the two Dobermans and two silver pistols, he was a real asshole. The soldiers were good guys. I mean, they were doing what they were told to do, but they didn't like doing it. Uh, and then they said, look, you guys didn't take care of your bill. You didn't pay your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, give us the money. Of course, of course. we had. Yeah, but like double dip or something. There, there were four and five planes a day landing on this strip. And the kids who controlled the strip, their father owned that huge fruit plantation, banana plantation, hundreds of square miles. And uh, he, like, gave the strip to the kids to make a little buck. Only they were making big bucks. But they were only paying the army for maybe two or three planes and four or five were landing. And of course the army knew about it. Uh, and they had somebody in there counting airplanes up in the jungle. 
And uh, we were the ones they just happened to capture. And they were going to take us down to La Cienega and they were going to shoot us. Make an example, because we didn't pay. Uh, so first, they load us into this old rusty truck that they had up there. And, they, and our whole loading crew were Wahirans. They were all great big Wahirans. And the army was scared to death of them. I mean, uh, <laughs> they were more afraid of them than we were of the army. But they load all of us into this big truck. And then they said, everybody get out and push the truck. Why? Because in the jungle, starters don't last very long. And they always had to push start the truck. So they unloaded us. I said, wait a minute. I'm in no hurry to go down and get shot. And I grabbed everybody. I said, hey, siente say, siente say. And we just sat down on the ground. We refused to push the truck. So now they couldn't get us down there. And uh, in the meantime, our people who had been on the strip and took off to get some money, uh, they had, it was a Sunday, they had to open a bank. And they held us in the meantime in this yard, in this old farmhouse. We had been out in that sun, 110 degrees, hours with our hands, you know, behind our heads and uh, in confrontation mode. You know what those mosquitoes are like? They got stickers on those mosquitoes up there about an inch long. And there's a hundred of them trying to eat you at the same time. Yeah. We were dehydrated and we went into this farmyard and they brought us each a basket of oranges right off the trees. And we were just squeezing and juicing and drinking. Turns out one of our pilots had given the kid from the farm his last $20 and sent him down to get a bucket of beer. <laughs> he comes in on, on his borrow bucket of beer for uh, one of our pilots. And then uh, we had a guy we called El Gigante, a former NFL football player who was a dynamite pilot, and he's eating everything in sight. He empties his <laughs> basket, and he's emptying out other guys' baskets. And and the farm people were just amazed. He was like six foot six, looked like he stepped out of uh, a modeling picture. He had played on two NFL teams. And they knew he was hungry. So the kid climbed up a tree in the farmyard and brought down a monkey arm. <laughs> this guy freaked out. He no way he was eating this monkey arm that had just been pulled down out of the tree. Hmm. El Gigante. Gigante. Finally, our people show up and uh, the lieutenant had demanded $6 million. Then he gave us a little bargain. He said, Four million. And of course, they, sh they showed up with two huge clear plastic bags loaded with pesos. Only it came to about 35, 40,000, <laughs> not 6 million. And the lieutenant wanted to take us down and shoot us. And the army guys, and they were all uh, Indios from, uh, you know, the Panama side. 
They're all these little teeny Indios, tough guys. Yeah. They, they yeah. turned on this lieutenant and they said, no, that's fine. We'll take us there. Yeah. It was two huge bags of money. And then they all wanted my business card so they could come to Miami and buy a car from me or have me help them go shopping. Now they were all yeah. my friends. <laughs> it was, I'm, never, I mean, go, never go with what they first offered, that's for sure. You're never going to know that never happens. So like, no, it's always they, some crazy numbers. 000. You're like, what? Okay, how about yeah. 100? They're like, all right, 100 sounds good. It's like <laughs> somehow you can get away with that usually. When we pulled the bales off the planes, and you know they made us unload the plane, and they pointed at me and they said, Piloto, Piloto. I said, no, man, not me, Pione, Pione. <laughs> One thing I didn't want to be was the boss. Uh, so they made me start unloading the plane. And I got about four bales stacked. I said, fuck this. <laughs> I can't see any good reason to be doing this. And I busted one open. And I had a pack of easy widers. <clears throat> and you remember how we used to hook up like four or five easy widers and roll a split? Well, I took a whole handful of that Santa Marta gold. Stuck it in there, rolled that sucker up, and lit it up, and then tried to pass it to the soldier. And there was a loco, loco. I said, yeah, that's me. Loco, that's my middle name. I mean, you know, you live through some crazy times. Yeah. And uh, they finally took me down into El Rodadero. And a friend of mine owned a hotel there, little little hotel. El Tamaca? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was the hotel called El Tamaca? No, it wasn't the Tamaca. No. Uh, but I used to say at the time, no, the Tamaca. Yeah, they had two places, one on the beach and one in El Rodadero. Yeah. No, it was another little hotel. I can't think of the name. Yeah, probably like one of those no. four-story hotels from yeah. the Rodadero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was right on the corner. And uh, in the middle of the night while I'm asleep, banging on the door. Senor, senor. Bobby, Bobby. What? Police are coming. You got to go hide. <laughs> they know you're here. Oh, shit. And, and they put me in a linen closet on the third floor. <laughs> now, you know, I've been in the jungle all day. I'm all sunburned. I'm dead tired. I'm dehydrated. And I snore loud enough to wake dead people. And I knew if I fell asleep in that closet, <laughs> I'd start snoring. And they could hear me down on the main floor if I did. And I it was sleep. so comfortable in there. All this piled linen, you just wanted to... You know, lay, lay your head on a pile of sheets and, and uh, uh, no. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, we had some times. Uh, wow. There you go. You got a little smuggling story. Didn't charge yeah. extra for it. It's in the book, Black Tuna Diaries. Yeah. How, do they buy your, how does everyone buy your book? Yeah. Uh, the best, best place to buy it is from the Silver Tour website, oh. from the shopping page. That's silvertour.org. Uh, I, 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 I get the order. I sign them before I send them out. You can get them from Amazon, but I make more money if you get them from Silver Tour. No, and them. the money actually goes to Silver Tour. But, but I'm so old, I got nothing to spend them on. I can find another wife. 
I lost my wife two years ago, oh, and I had a great well, marriage. I was so fortunate. sorry about that, brother. Uh, you could cool, we could come you. down here to Colombia and you have a house. I'm sure there'll be many women here that will love to meet you. I knew some wonderful Colombian women and beautiful Colombian women. Tell you the truth, I'm a little afraid to go to Colombia because I'm afraid I still might be grabbed. No, uh, man. No, no. It's you, you know. Yeah, it's a new times. You just don't gotta be loud about it. You gotta come with the right people. Uh, but I'm I'm cousins. Like the funny story is, and we're not gonna talk about this live. But I'm cousins with all the people that. No, we are live right now. Yeah, we're I live. Oh, we're live. No, we're <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm cousins with all the people you encountered back then. So wait a minute, you mean the guy that held him at gunpoint is your cousin? Probably. Well, probably he was the son of a son of a son of a son, you know. Son of a son of a son of a there was only five or six families, you know, either from the Italian side or either from the English or from the French side, right? The Cotes, Los Davila, the La Cutir, the Vives, uh, and, and they're all like, like all my cousins is, is like Vives, La Cutir, Davila, Davila, the Andres, you know, like yeah. we all share, we all have in common. We're either cousins, second or third cousin. So it's that's why I feel like it's it's so nice to talk to you. I wanted to ask you if if the name Papare rang any names for you, like La Hacienda Papare, just this big ass old school no. white house. Because I'm thinking that you were landing on their backyard. Because they, they are in the Cienega, but now that I'm thinking about it, do you remember the landing strip to be near train tracks? Yeah, the, the train tracks ran across the bottom of the landing strip. They're 100%. That was, that was a, you were a, narrow, a narrow gate and then a railroad. Yes. You were landing in one of the, the for example, that, that um, were, yeah, exactly. And you had bananas left and right next to the ocean, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's well, exactly. You flew over the lake to the yes. town of La Cienega, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. The, and then the church steeple, and then yeah. you took your heading off that church steeple. It was almost straight, yeah. and then all of a sudden, just this giant so, clearing in the jungle where they wouldn't chase the cows 100%. away. So well, I'll tell you exactly what it is today that you flew over. So you were coming from like, if you were coming from Barranquilla to Santa Marta air-wise, that's why you saw the Great Lake, it's the La Gran Cienega. Yeah. You look to the left and it's the ocean and you look to the right and it's just more fucking lake until you see the mountains, right? So yeah, that, I mean, drive, when we drive from Barranquilla to El Rodadero, you pass La Cienega. Exactly. You, you have please Cienega stop at right. that little fish restaurant that, that only made Robalo. Yeah. Fresh on, from on the, the lake. Yeah. They'd only yeah. open up like at lunchtime or something. Of course. And yes. boy, it was yeah. fabulous. It was, I mean, yeah. just delicious fresh fish. You, and you, then, land, so you landed on what today is called La Hacienda Papare. And it was called back then La Hacienda Papare. And, and it's the first... Uh, it's the first organic banana plantation that was next to the ocean in those years. And they used to not only, you know, lend, like you said, the, the, um, the landing strip, but they also used to lend their cousins the train, you know, so it would help them get really quickly the cannabis from the mountainside to the ocean side and to the strips, you know. So back in the day, like, obviously it was easier to get, trains loaded than to have just a thousand burros go down 
you know so so yeah 100 percent like it's funny it's amazing it's amazing there was there was another little dirt strip before you got to la cienega before you actually got to the lake and it was an agricultural strip where this where the spray planes but all our friends kept their planes there and it was a dirt strip they used to have to go out and fill in the holes remove the rocks so you could take off and land. <laughs> My friend had a, a push-pull there, a, set, a Cessna push-pull. And we used to fly and uh, go check out the farms and check out the big landing strip. Yeah, man, you're, you're bringing back a lot of memories <laughs> from a long time ago. That's awesome. That's I awesome. love yeah. Columbia, and I, I love the people I dealt with. The families I dealt with were a thousand percent honorable. Yeah, and that's what I help. wanted to... I wanted to talk to you about that one last thing is because, for example, the people that you worked with, you know, in that time, like you said, they, they were, you know, very classy people. You know, they were people they were. That, that they had their studies in Boston and that they had their family, you know, owning a lot of land already. Like they, they weren't, you know, they, they already came into a lot of power at a young age and, and they had a lot of adventures. You know, people here in Santa Marta love to take out speedboats and they would love to. And I'm sure you... You probably ran into a couple of, of them who, who would take you fishing and who would take you out on the speedboats and would show you a good time. But really, like, the people who screwed, well, not screwed, but were very more violent were, like, the people from La Guajira, you know? They were the ones that charged extra. They were the ones that really got the Americans to, like, like you said, like, got, got scared of, of co to come here and to come pick up cannabis. And then that's what kind of shifted... Uh, the 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 parts right like instead of the americans coming here super peacefully in their planes and just filling up and leaving it got to the point where you guys didn't want to come over anymore because we were just too violent or we would rob or we would like be like you know we would tell you we were going to give you something we wouldn't give it to you and then less and less people would come so and that's why we had to find other ways to start getting it over there and ne i think that never that had a problem you know and and the bad guys I met, the tough guys who I did, mm. refused to do business with, were all in Barranquilla. Yeah. That, that's where I met the scammers and the thieves. <laughs> uh, but as soon as I get there, I go right over to uh, El Rodadero, check into the hotel. The the woman who ran it, I think, was it the Tamaka? The something number two. And they had these little cabinas on the beach. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send Adam a whole bunch of pictures so he can get them to you because literally nothing's changed over here. <laughs> I check in, they, they call uh, Raúl or Jose or any of my friends from Santa Marta area, and they come over and uh, we, we talk in private, do our business in private. Of course. Go fishing. One of my friends owned one of the first big speedboats there. Uh, yeah. El Tigre. It was painted like a tiger. And yeah. uh, we used to go do running remember, around. Do you remember uh, uh, a guy called Api Davila or Api Abello? I think I do. Api Abello, he used to be, um, he used to love spearfishing and speedboats. He used to have one of the first cigarettes, you know, here in Santa Marta. You know, speedboats, and and he was also an old school marimbero. He he passed. He was killed, but um, he's actually one of my cousin's father. And uh, you know, we go to the house and we just see his old school 
black and white pictures of him, you know, with the Marlins and with the tunas and with the speedboats and with the planes. And, you know, he just brought me back to that, that time. And, and they're all cousins, like I said, like Raul Davila, Yavellos. All of them are, are their cousins. They all worked together back then. And like you said, back then it wasn't seen as something bad. I mean, Santa Marta, we grow bananas. We, we are an agricultural city, you know. And what, so, what was that little crazy island that was on the off the coast there too that looked like San Andreas? Like the oh, had like Andreas. the spiral staircases and the crazy things and it looked all dilapidated now, but it definitely looked like it was the spot back in the day where it was like that is a party spot, right? Like party it looked like some crazy James Bond island or something because it just came straight up right out of the ground. Did you party over there? Did you party over there? The, probably. <laughs> Did you go to Rage? Probably, I partied over there. But Did you? This yeah. guy's probably partied over there. Yeah, Did you know? Party over you know El uh, El Burro Davila? Of course, I know El Burro Davila. <laughs> and and his children. You're talking bro. about a crazy, dangerous son of a bitch. And and you know all of them are crazy, and and they're all like big. You know, they're all. They have like this stereotypical like um, I I call them the conquistadors because they all are yeah. white. And they have hairy chests and they're all like conquistadors, you know. And they have the medallions and they're all very fancy, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, like you, oh, I see you. you 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 inherited <laughs> some of the fanciness. <laughs> I was there um, when uh, Raúl's cousin, who was also his fiance. Uh, was running yes. for Miss Columbia. Gosh, yes. gorgeous. Yes, 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 yes. And she looked like everybody else in the Davila family. I mean, they're all good looking, but she was gorgeous. They're all good looking. Um, yeah, their their kids are actually very good friends of mine, and I always um, we talk because it's their last names are um, Davila, Davila, something else, and then Davila again. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, bro, like you guys really wanted to stay with the power, huh? Like, like it was Davila, Davila, something else, and then again Davila. I'm like, shit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, they were all good to me, and so were so were the Wahidans. They're loading oh, crews, no. and but, let me tell you uh, something. I got kidnapped in Miami uh, by a Cuban smuggler. Yeah. Uh, his brother kidnapped me off the steps of the Fountain Blue. I was on my way home, and and he pulled this thing and he said, "My brother wants to talk to you." I said, well, "I'm going home to dinner. I'll talk to him." <laughs> no, you're going to talk. <laughs> so it was a Cuban who I had uh, brokered a load or two before I became a smuggler. And uh, he had tried to get me to take this big load that they had dropped in the keys, and then they were afraid to transport it out of the keys, and they just left it sitting behind the fish house. And they said, oh, we'll sell it to you cheap. You go get it. (laughs) And I sent somebody down there with a night scope, and they saw all the cops hiding. Right. And, uh, you know, I said, no, forget it. So now he kidnaps me, takes me to his brother's house in South Miami, Big Cuban Scarface kind of mansion. And uh, we go through the house. There's a swimming pool inside. And on the other side of the swimming pool is this big, long bar. Of course, you got to have a bar in the house. And, and there's it's like five big Wahidans sitting there. And they got their back turned toward me. And I'm at the bar. And the guy who owned the house, 
who owned the load, Bello, Bello Sanchez. Bello Sanchez. And I said, you know, what am I doing here? They said, well, it could only have been you took the load. The load's gone. Disappeared. Cops right here. Of course, I knew it had been busted. And they're telling me I got to pay for the load <laughs> or else. Uh-huh. I pick up the phone. I said, put this on speaker. I called the DEA, the Coast Guard, and asked uh-huh. for their uh, public relations guy. I, I knew him by name at the time. I didn't know him, but I knew his name. And I said, hey, I'm Bob Jones from uh, the Atlanta Journal. We're doing a story on uh, that marijuana bust in the Keys. What can you tell me about it? And he said, well, it was all taken down to the confiscation yard in Key West. Nobody ever came to pick it up. There were no busts. That's the whole story. I'm sorry there's not much news. Oh, my God. And everybody in the room heard it. (laughs) And, of course, it was the fault of... uh, the guy who owned the load, fellow, mm. who was afraid to pull it out of the keys. And right at that point, these six big Wahid were sitting at the bar, who I really wasn't looking at because I was worried about living. Yeah. And uh, they turn around, and it was the same guys who had been captured with me in Colombia by the Colombian army, <laughs> who I had, you know, made sit down outside. And they, they love me. They, <laughs> roll that they turn around and they grab this Cuban and they said to him, this man is our friend. Wow. He does not need to steal your marijuana. because we'll give him all the marijuana he wants. Much better marijuana. And he doesn't need any money. <laughs> oh, they didn't say better marijuana. That got him going. And <laughs> what? That's awesome. Boom, they, they throw him down. And I turned around and I said to Fellow's brother, I said, now you can drive me back to the hotel. I can pick up my car. <laughs> and out I go. Wow. The end of the story is about six months later, there's a big article in uh, Miami Herald and a big TV thing about uh, one of the uh, Cuban rebels, one of the guys from, uh, I think he was from Alpha 66, but it was Fellow. Sanchez hmm. had been blown up in Carl Gables <laughs> and they were able to identify a couple little teeny pieces. Wow. And I know it's not nice, but all I can think of was couldn't happen to a nicer <laughs> fellow. On that note, man, you, you, yeah. you're getting all the stories. I know, we it's got, okay. We, 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 we're we have to segue into shout outs. We have to, yeah, we, we gotta, need we, to we, have we, you both back for your own show because yeah. the stories you're telling are amazing. Yeah. And, well, no, it's awesome. And, and like I said, you're doing stuff work now. So we can, we're going to check back in as the. So is this strain that you're, you're, I mean, obviously you told us that there's somebody milking the, the black tuna, but it, do, you, do you have that strain available in all, not all 75 shops yet? Or does it? Yes. And it's yes. only available one or two days a week. Oh, wow. I mean, a month, a because month. no matter how much they harvest, yeah. it's gone in an hour or two. 50% of it goes on phone you. orders. Yeah. <laughs> People watch it every morning to see what they have in stock. Wow. Yeah. As soon as they hit, most of it goes to phone orders. Sure. People reserve it. By the time I get to the store at like 9.15, they get my own because I got to buy my own. Uh, I got to ask them to hold one for me. Last time 
they dropped 13,500 jars of flour Mm -hmm. and they were gone in a couple of hours. That's awesome. Uh, They gave me a very nice royalty, a a modest royalty, and most of that goes to the silver door. Sure. And uh, we use it to buy TV time and radio to keep up the educational programs. And just before you reach out, John, and you my buddy Rory's just sitting there. He's he's got it too easy. Oh, I well, know. Uh, you said I'll come on another night. Yeah, no, we'll get yeah, we'll do a whole Rory show anyway. Not a problem. We'll, we'll yeah. get you we'll get you mic'd up properly too, so we're not well, like Rory in the corner. We got Rory in the yes, corner. If you have any <laughs> smuggling <laughs> stories, Rory, we yeah. want to hear them. Yeah, break. Oh, hey, I got yeah. They're not quite as exciting uh, as as being up in airfields. Uh, you have to say airfield at least <laughs> five more times just so. To, well, what's the website again for Mark to put up on the uh, chat room where they can buy? Uh, TheSilverTour.org, O-R-G. You can donate. You can buy things. You can read some of my stories. You can get a book. Uh, every book I send out, I sign. That's awesome. Yeah, get them direct. I don't, don't, go to I don't even have a stamp. I got to. I got to do it the hard way. Wow. So what is the uh, website again? TheSilverTour.org. Mm-hmm. And when you see Mini-Me, that guy behind me in the uh, stores, then uh, that means they got some black uh, tuna on the shelves so he doesn't come out too often. Uh-huh. They're just doubling the capacity now, but it's still going to go out. They uh, made some crumble, some black tuna crumble. And it was killer, like 97%. Black tuna strain's been running from 26, 27, up to 32. The last couple batches were 29.795. And the Terps are beautiful. The Terps are absolutely magnificent. You know, THC content isn't everything. No, no. I mean, the great Santa Marta Gold used to test out at about 17, 18 percent. That's pretty good. And boy, couldn't stand up to that. So it's not just the percentages. Today, everybody's looking for that high percentage. But uh, sometimes 17, 18 percent, more than enough. I mean, that's top shelf. Yeah. And and, 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 and like we we, we talked about earlier with with Montel, it's like, just those balances and those different combinations is what it all comes down to. So we uh, we definitely, uh, I think, all agree on that, which is awesome. And, like, again, we're going to have here, you. Here, here. And Carlos is still here. And uh, we were glad to be able to suck those stories out of you, which is fun. So it's nice to see the, the, the receptors firing because you're like, oh, I haven't thought about that actual landscape for a while. But now if he could guide you through it and you were right on the money, so it was really cool to see. Uh, I, should, I should have warned you in advance. And I tell most <laughs> interviewers, all you got to do is ask me one question. Yeah. And you can go to the bathroom. You can take a nap. <laughs> And when you come back, you just slap me once to stop me. That's all. That's right. Well, I'm an old storyteller, an old pitchman. 
an old head. You got the you got this Tom Bosley vibe going right now. I keep wanting to call you Mr. Cunningham, you know, from Happy Days. Anyone else catching that too? Yeah. I'm just it's it's no, no. I, I thought with the big bangs yeah. I was more like Robert Mitchum. Yeah, that too. But Tom Bosley made, always made you feel good. Right on. Thank you so much for telling your stories and coming on and spending time with us. Yeah, thank you. Carlos, it's been fun. New Year's was was I rem, I'm I'm seeing your face right now. Carlos stayed on for a while with us. Oh, he was hanging in there, Bro, right? You hang in there for a while. Well, you guys want to know a funny story? Like, yeah. I think I survived till the last. Like, you can see it on the YouTube video when I like disappear. Because <laughs> I literally I passed the fuck out. <laughs> I went 11 hours and 45 minutes with the motherfuckers. <laughs> and then That's just awesome. like crashed in the last uh, fit there. In the last yeah. uh, well, then, <laughs> send my love to everybody in Colombia. I miss everybody. I really love that country and I love the people I dealt with. And they took good care of me. They protected me. I'm going to say hi to shootouts. Fatima and Raul. I'm going to say hi to Fatima and to Raul for, from you. All right. Fatima. Yeah. His, that, that was his cousin he married. Yeah, I struck you there, and, huh? And, and Raul, uh, as I recall, uh, spent some time in Spain and, and other yes, places sir. when yes, the sir. Black Tuna trial came down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. I regarded them all as good friends, and I, I really loved yeah. coming over, and they, they took good care of me. I had great adventures there. The dream well done. Well, we hope you could come back one day and, you know, we'll take you fishing and you'll see the same thing except from a different view. You you won't be driving the plane now. You'll be our guest. Well, the cool and the cool <laughs> thing is is that uh, Carlos is working around some great plants there that are just up the you know like, and he's like, wow, okay, this is some beautiful fucking cannabis plants and, and, oh, and maybe I find a nice Viejo to marry. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh yeah, he's in definitely. La Guajira, bro. They have some beautiful, beautiful women. <laughs> Listen to <that. laughs> uh, and landing strips, of course. Don't forget the landing strips. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking Thank in. Guys. And we're gonna, like I said, we'll do another uh, expose of the the strain when you guys have a chance and we're we're in the right space, at the right place, right? Uh, oh. All right. Yeah. Peace out, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Peace. Rory. Thanks. Hey. Uh, thanks Thank thanks. you for the invite. Hey, thanks, Carlos. Thank hey, you. Anytime. Peace, man. Uh, brothers. Peace All right. out. All right. Peace out. Dave. Dave. Can I ask you something? Oh, what's got? What you got? You said Dark Star or Oliver Street, you know. Oh? Oh, all of them, but I was talking about Scott Larned. You're muted now. <laughs> no, no, no. They're both muted. You're both muted. You're both I forgot muted. he was on my mic. Yes. No, he just muted me on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah, I, I hear you. When Dark Star first came to Colorado, I, I, it literally, it, I, I mean, I felt like I was never going to hear Jerry again. And hearing these guys play just changed my whole world. I just said, you know what? I gotta, I gotta let them know. So I approached them. I thanked them. I said, anytime they're in Colorado, please look me up. Anything I can do for you. And, you know, long story short, I did hotels and logistics for them for a while. I had a hotel master at Dark Star Orchestra email for a little while. 
Um, and you know, it was a, it was just a great way to raise Jonah around some really fun people. And uh, is from my town that I grew up in. Who? F. Matson. Oh, right on. So he was he was from, from Long Island. Uh, yeah. He so you know Cliff. Uh, you know the Zentricksters guys, and you and you you know all of them. Colvin, Randy Colvin. What? Oh yeah. I don't know that name. You know. Yeah. Just in case. He played Mountain for a little bit. Nice. Well, that's, right that's right. I like how Roy's done a lot. Shout outs now. We'll, we'll talk Grateful Dead another time. Shoot me an email. I can go on Definitely. and on and on. And next time we'll allow Roy to have his own mic. He won't, he won't, he won't, we won't have to work across the, the mic across the room. He'll get his own real mic. It'll yeah, be, it'll, I have a lot of stories to tell too. Yeah. <laughs> what about my stories? What about me? Shout, uh, <laughs> shout out to Roy. Uh, and and arbor you, arbor 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 Not like the tree yes exactly Michigan all right man thanks man peace peace guys peace. All, right. all right guys Adam <clears throat> do you use new millennium nutrients when you grow fuck yeah I do and I and I'm gonna be taking some uh, plants down in the next few days so it should be I'll I'll be doing some check ins and some photos and some I'm taking all this lighting with me when I leave so. Dope. Next week I'll show it off. Show off what I'm doing. But now New Millennium just crushing it every time. Uh, easy to use, uh, reliable, and also you can run them on all all sizes of systems. You just go to newmillenniumnutrients.com. You uh, check. Should in. somebody tell Rory that he's still on camera before he does some crack or something? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> all I do right here. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want you to pull a Jeffrey Tubin. Oh yeah, wait. <laughs> hey, where's that Pornhub uh, window open? Oh shit! I gotta leave that window. It has happened to the, to the best of us. Right, you're in a small little screen now, so they will barely notice. Newmillenniumnutrients.com. Yes. <laughs> it's the guys, and of course. So next, it, listen, Medically Correct is just killing it right now. They have several brands, including Incredibles. They have Clear Creek Extracts, Keek, Incredible, uh, Nove Chocolates. Um, what's the other one? I'm forgetting. And True Pura. So you got to visit truepura.com. You enter done deal at checkout. And also New Millennium when you're there. You always got to ask for the done deal. It's either in their promo code or if you're on the phone with them. But if you don't ask for it, you don't get it. So Medically Correct is a whole slew of companies right now completely devoted to the cannabis industry. So you got to check them out. Done deal at truepura.com gets you 20% off your order. Mark family buys out the tincture but i'm having on pretty good authority they just got some more in so you got to give them a try um but if you happen to be in colorado springs i cannot mention green farms med enough nope. this flower right here is unbelievable i don't even know the strain names because he just gives me this franken jar <laughs> you know <laughs> but he goes I, like, oh I, so, yeah don't so, forget about that and then that one and then that one and you're like all right well, wait a minute. i can't have all of these it's this nug it's the yeah, it's, yeah it's, and that's how it is so you just listen um so many used to call it so many used to call it the thomas thomas allen thomas allen 
That's fine. <laughs> well, that's how I used to smoke sober weed back in the 90s, too. He, he it was would, just jars. He just gave you, like, yeah, but this is funny because he would throw a couple different buds in the same thing and he'd, and he'd go, What is this now? And he'd be like, Yeah, it's the sober salad. It's like, All right. That's like, funny. Yeah. So there you go. So, so when we were talking about this earlier, you can't see it on camera, but it's called Juicy Fruit, Country Fruit. Yeah, and it's a one-to-one -one rosin, it's a and it—it's really—it's like narcotic. It—it it is that if you were going to take an ibuprofen for anything, just take a dab of this. I, I haven't seen anything like it any place else. I mean, I have been able to mix things on my own, but this—it's like a thick honey rosin. I—I I, I mean, it's, I want to watch no, the it, process. It's—it's it's pretty amazing as far as like you, you can tell. It's—it's it's power because it's just like. That it looks all juicy and like it's going to be, but you touch that and it's like hard as a rock. And like, and then it, you're like, what the hell is going yeah. on here? And then you just know it's powerful right there. And then on top of that, if you look at the actual cannabinoid profiles, they're just across the board, got hitting every fucking, they got, it's got THCV, it's got CBG, it's got CBN. You're like, okay, this is pretty amazing. This is like full spectrum. So Green Farms also makes this tincture. That we used, um, oh, shit. We we used a lot of it on the uh, yeah. on the New Year's show. Yeah. It look at all those cannabinoids. Look at them all. Okay, and it. something that's really oh, cool. Did he give you any of this? He's got throwback shatter. Throwback. What you know, I don't know if you remember. Like, I mean, not like the industry's that old. But this is no, throwback a, back into the days. That's a new one. Throwback. You know. So it's got like it's, so they it's, got throwback it's, shatter. It's actual shit, like pulling tack. What, dude? I remember my grandfather yeah, used it, to smoke it's, that it's shit. It's like the shatter. It's it's it's, it's wrapped up in the coat it's paper. The shatter. You know? your grandpa <laughs> used to smoke. There you go. That's what it'll be called. Perfect. Yep. From four years ago. Remember when you were in high school? Remember that shatter? Go to Green Farms, man. Yeah. Listen, you have to have a medical card to shop there. It's not a recreational dispensary. JW was telling me that he gets 50 people a day will come in and just think it's an adult use recreational. So if you don't have a med card and you qualify, or you think you qualify in Colorado, you can reach out to Dr. Joe Cohen. Cohen should open up a store. Well, you go to Dr. Joe Cohen at Holos Health, Why does he open and you ask for the done deal, and he's going to give you, what was it, 15% off your doctor's visit? Or you can call Dr. Mark, who was on the show earlier, at Reconscious One, and or Reconscious Medical, and he'll give you a discount as well. I Both bet, of them do them virtually right now. I bet if you right ask JW, now. there's definitely an empty space in that, because he's in the perfect, he's in that like perfect little complex where you know there's always going to be one empty spot. Dr. Mark sets up his little thing. There's 50 people a day. Where the hell do I go? You go next door to Dr. Mark. Dylan, done deal. Done there you go. Deal. You take the done deal. Yeah, he's in Durango it's, right now. And remember, he's launching his ketamine Durango. psychotherapy practice right now. But it's a great idea. It's, it's hard to drive but on ketamine. if you want to grow <laughs> organically, no till. Yes. Oh, just like go eating. to build a soil. Ninety-five buildasoil.com. Ninety percent of the inputs from green farms come straight from build a soil. How's that for a fucking crossover? So JW told me he hasn't changed his soil in four years. Yeah, but he I mean, just exactly. does whatever yeah. or organic remediation he needs. Yeah. And so build a soil is on fire right now. Not on fire, you know what I mean? They're doing great business. Uh, I hope it doesn't Everything go on fire. You to You're in trouble, in dude. You just did it. Everything you need to run an organic garden, nutrients, medium, 
uh, living pests, the living like anti-pests, like anything to fight the bad pests. He's got the good stuff, you know, the paladin mites. He's got them. Um, so you go to buildasoil.com. You enter done deal at checkout. He'll give you a discount. There's free shipping on any order over 500 bucks in Colorado and New Mexico. Um, fantastic company. I, I, you know, I really want one of those mushroom blocks that he sells and just grow them at home. Those, those like nutritional mushrooms that you mentioned earlier. I want to figure out a way to grow some of those because I need some pliability in my brain because it's getting a little thick right now and not functioning properly. You're looking but, at those uh, aphids. You're looking at those fungus nests and aphids. Thinking about your brain right now. Is that what's going on? You're like my brain full of worms and bugs. No, I'm wondering why you're not talking about build a soil because you know so much more about them than I do. I just like watching you. So what else like, do they have? Like you're like you're trying to say something, but you're a pitch man. You're right now. You're doing the pitch man job. This is where see no, he's watching I, us. He's watching us. He's watching after this one. Bob is what Bobby's watching us going. I could do such a better job pitching this <laughs> year. And I don't even know what these products They're are. They're trying to sell a book during Build a Soil spot. <laughs> Gentlemen, we're going to leave the party. Okay. Carlos Irotamas, where I used to stay. Irotama. And the other place was uh, Jose Suniga. Jose Suniga, of course. The yes. Sunigas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Angelina Suñiga is my cousin. Uh, they had they own Cinto, Cinto Beach. Yes, yes. Yeah, you remember Cinto? You remember La Guja? La Guja? Yes. La Guja. Yes. And Vaya Concha. We used to go to the coves down from Santa Marta, and uh, the Suñiga owned a lot of property there, and so did. Uh, yeah, los suñigas. Raul los suñigas. Yeah, and Raul. La Forí. Yeah, yeah, los La Forí. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, from Barranquilla, the, the tough guys. Yes, yes, sir. I know I'm very good friends with right now La Forí's uh, two, three kids. So, yeah, small world, bro. Very yeah. small world. I used to stay at their house in Barranquilla across from uh, La Iglesia. Yeah. The, the papa had a, a nice house there. I'm never going to get my yeah. All right, let me get off before I, no, I steal the right, whole show. Sure. Not a problem, guys. And thanks. <laughs> thanks. You can make all those. Uh, fire those neurons. <laughs> fire those neurons. Thank you, guys. Vaya con Dios. Where were we? Buildasoil.com. Done deal. Done deal. <laughs> so if you want to learn how to blow glass, you can order if you're stuff interested. From, you can order it right down. He can send it to, to Santa Marta, I'm sure. I don't think there's soil. I don't think the soil probably want to do that, but the input. Maybe Carlos wants to learn how to blow glass. So you go to yeah. patreon.com slash Hubbard Glass. It's eight bucks. I think it's like 47,000 pesos, though. So I don't know. But it's eight U.S. bucks, Carlos. You can't beat it. Or you can do his $80 a month where you get everything. And he used to just send you a little piece of glass, but Adam had an interesting idea about, you know, sort of banking the 80 bucks. And so he's going to do that. And you can bank it. And eventually you can get yourself a nice big piece of glass. But you go to patreon.com slash Harvard Glass. He's a great guy. He's a good teacher. Take a look. Maybe you'll become a glass blower. Maybe you didn't even realize you had it in you to be a glass blower. Yeah. And you, you watch one of his videos. I mean, it's like what Tommy Chong said. What the hell else are you going to do right now? You're stuck home, man. Dab and watch a video. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. And 
Chris has been really nice to us. He blew us a couple of pieces. I'm trying to guilt him into sending you one, Mark. I, I think that's going to happen. Nice. He's also going to send us guilt. He's some, guilting uh, for you. I paste the link every time. I'm not guilting for I you. I know. Yeah. You do great, man. <laughs> he's going to send us some tops for the Tell contest. him all that work he's doing. He's, yeah, like, he's pasting. Do a lot of copying, <laughs> pasting. He's pasting, bro, for yeah. you. Yeah, man. So, look, I don't know if there's a done deal uh, spot no, there, but if there we, is anything no, no, where no, you no, can no, enter it, enter done deal. Is, done, yeah, exactly. Well, the done deal is if you tell him you're, you're banking and you're doing it for the done deal, right. you're going to get He'll the double. Go. You get the double done deal because I'll tell him, hey, make sure that everybody who has a done deal is <laughs> a couple extra millies, a couple extra thingy-majiggers on there. Thingy-majiggers. And, and if anybody from Columbia buys a, a, a video, we'll know it's you, Carlos. So you're going to get credit for that right now anyway. And I can get the done deal too. You can. Yes, you can. But listen, next time you come to Colorado... There's this coffee shop you got to try. It's called oh, Ozo shit. Coffee. And You're going to take me. No problem. No problem. They sent me some coffee. Do you have any right there in front of you you can put up on camera? It's like the, it's, it's my, oh, my new favorite. No, that, yes. Go grab it quick. quick. It's oh, happening. It's happening. Oh, oh, we just got a big this load. is my new favorite stuff. Check this out. Oh, Let me see. No, show that's Mocha Java. Mocha Java. Mocha Java. What's this one? But this one. What's no, this that's one a, right What's that one? That's Mocha. Uh, I don't know what that. I can't see it. What is that? Oh, yeah. That's it. Ah. Un regalo del di de Dios. Oh. Right? God's gift. <laughs> God's gift. Yes, sir. And it is, it truly is something special. So head over to ozocoffee.com. Enter Dundeal at checkout. Very You're going to get 20% off your order. They ship shit. anywhere in the continental U.S. Um, I think they ship to Hawaii. Unfortunately, they don't ship be to stupid. Canada yet. It's kind of stupid to go to Columbia. I've already received like, your hate mail. Do, wait, what are you doing right now? You're like, I live at this beach, and there's a guy sending me a box of sand. It's going to be awesome. Dude, it's going to be great. I love <laughs> Canada, but you just can't get Ozo Coffee shipped there. But 20% off, man, that's a great deal. Enter done deal at checkout. Uh, I believe Rosin Dogs is now their biggest customer, okay? He gets the, the, they do like a monthly sampler, so they're, they're just sending you a whole bunch of different bean every month. Listen, great company. All the bean is purchased green from local farmers across the globe. They meet the farmer. They work out a deal. It's sent up to Boulder, and it's roasted on a 1959 roaster. So give them a try. Ozocoffee.com. Done deal at checkout. Um, I'm going to slip this one in here. I know Treasure is normally, but I see there's a Hamilton Devices. They really hooked us up. Uh, on Hamilton. the New Year show. Great. So go to hamiltondevices.com. I have to get it. Uh, I'm still waiting it. for Adam It's too quiet. Which one? Oh, do we? Maybe did. I don't know. Did the winning one from the show or just, All right. or just the personal one? You just want me to give you Hamilton. Oh. This is the uh, this is the, the tombstone double. Look at that. Oh, Shit, I'll even take yours, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. Sign it. I knew that was the case. If it's signed, it's worth like five bucks more. <laughs> You could definitely do that, right, Adam? Sign that in like a gold sharpie. <laughs> Shit. I already have his first mixtape pack before he threw out the line, so I'm going to have that for the museum. What's next? A triple, Adam? Three cards? 
<laughs> the, the box showed up, and I, I think I remember that Adam mentioned something to the Hamilton guy about those cartridges because he included like a magazine worth. There were like 15 of them taped together. Hamilton, in there. get on it. Yeah. So shout out to Hamilton Devices. So Tombstone, this is the Tombstone. Um, I think. Did we give? Did somebody win the tombstone, or was yeah, that one? Okay, one tombstone went out during the uh, thing. This is the new one that came in. We also sent out one of these. I know for sure these uh, Sherlock deals. Which now, let's see. I can try all these things with new, with their cartridges. Yeah, because now you know. Because I think I the last the time box. Was, Yeah, the problem was that the maybe the cart. You know how it is. Like with devices, you should always use the cartridge that they tell you to use, even though you right. think I'm going to save a dollar over here with my cartridge. <laughs> You're better off in the long run. What? It's got a magnet in this one, I guess. You ain't saving shit at the end, yeah. And then, okay. Nope. So then we got this bad boy. And then click that thing in there. And I think you got to contact oh. our Colorado rep, Meredith Tate. There we go. I'm remembering. Because I remember Tate, because I make those Tate's gluten-free no. cookies. That's what I that <laughs> No. How do you do this one? All right, but if you happen to be in Barcelona, <laughs> it's open right now. You can go over to Treasure. You ask for the done deal right at the door. They're going to say, that 30 euros that you would normally have to pay to get in there, Carlos? No. No. No, you don't have to pay that. Come on in, and you get to sit in the Adam Dunn chair. It's this oh, they're in Treasure for real? Chair. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like a throne. It's like the game of pipes chair. So it's got pipes all out of it and bongs and everything. You know, and you can sit in that chair and you can smoke. But they're great people. They know how to grow cannabis or at least how to source cannabis. Right. I don't See, know if they're no, Everything's working own. better. Everything's working better now. See? <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling with it. I had my last one. I was all struggling. Now it's all, now it's all working. What's that, Carlos? Me and Adam met over there at Tresher for uh, for yeah. Uh, Spanibus. Yeah, we did. That's where we first met before. Mm -hmm. Then Which cannabis in nineteen? Yep, that's true. And then, and then, and then, late, and the funny part was, I was that there. after after you you left, uh, PD was like, he's really famous in uh, Colombia. And then later, when I was like, it was like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. And then when I was there with you, I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you kind of your your dad is kind of famous. It's like one of those like you know, small. It's 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 a well known place, but it's not that big. I'm sure. So you you like you. There was only five families well, Carlos, back in the day. Do you want and, us to? And your dad do you was, want us to just give your number straight to Danny Danko? Or oh, yeah. Do you want him yeah. When, when are you going on Danny's show next week? You'll be on Danny's show. We should be on Danny's show within a few weeks, right? <laughs> <It should be>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. No problem. What are you doing on the 22nd? Bro, you got to come over, bro. We'll just pre-book you for your show. Well, listen, yeah. we're the, we're the Treasure is a premier... Treasure is a premier cannabis club in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a really nice place, well ventilated, great staff, great cannabis. Do you know After half the done. staff is Colombian? Yes, they are. You see, we're back <laughs> to the. Columbia I did not know that. Yes. Of course they, they are. Interviewed one of them. Of course the, they uh, are. Yeah, the show that's that why they make a hell of a good coffee over there, bro. Yeah, Petey's super fucking yes, strict about do. making good coffee. Mm hmm. Yeah, you want but to get after coffee, you've been in Barcelona for the night, if you happen to be in Denver, mm, just like Pueblo, the next night, the next or Colorado night, like, Springs, wow, I'm, right over here. Here I am. Yeah. I'm straight there. Yeah. You flew Norwegian straight home. You got to go to Apothecary Extracts. They, listen, they made their bones in Colorado. They basically processed for every major dispensary, and then they just opened up three flagship stores. 
and then they only process for a very limited few. So only about 100 out of the 550 dispensaries in the state. They know their shit. What are we smoking tonight over there? I have I'm smoking some swag called DJC over here for for Dude, you know what I actually uh, you know what I actually have you know the three last grams of That's a different um, shout out, sorry, we're waiting for that one. MK Ultra. That's it. I'm running on low. Oh, look at you, Mr. MK Ultra still. Wow. Uh I think you guys got guava cake and something else. Wow, look at that. You're like down to this. Look at wow. Raspberry lychee. Isn't that funny? Those jars. Yeah, look, those they, jars they, look so similar. They grabbed similar. that from the Samoa back for us. <laughs> they grabbed that from the back today. They're like, hey. But you got to ask for the done deal when you get there. The done deal is twenty five bucks for a gram of ambrosia and an infused joint. Yeah. Listen, great, great some, stuff. Some, Give them a try. Apothecary extracts. Um, apothecary extracts on Instagram, on Twitter. Brent, thank you so much. They're also in Oklahoma right now. They're crushing it there. Crushing. They're hiring in Oklahoma, I believe, mm-hmm. and they're hiring in Pueblo. Are they in Tulsa? So are they in the Tulsa area? You're looking for you know work? Where they are in Oklahoma? Or are they in Tulsa zone? Or? I don't know that. Probably, I would imagine. But if you're in the Pueblo area, you're looking for work, mm-hmm. give Apothecary Extracts a call. Go to their website. Yeah. Buy some of their, their – they have rosin, too. Ooh. Although you can't use the done deal on that. They do what? have rosin. You got to try it. Is there a non-rosin? What? 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 Are we not rosin worthy or something? What's going on? Because it's the Herbrosia. Well, I'll work something out. Maybe they will. Hey, listen, I asked for the done deal at a Chinese restaurant in Amsterdam. Yeah, it didn't work. She said no, but I still (laughs) asked for it. So go ahead and ask for it. They might say no. Sorry, I didn't work out <laughs> rosin for you guys. Mm-hmm. You send me hate mail. Actually, send it to Carlos Vivas yeah. at, yeah. <laughs> at hotmail.com. Hot right oh, you still got a hotmail? Yeah, nice. hotmail. Nice. At landingstrip.com. At landingstrip.com. Yeah, right. I'd say landingstrip.com. But after you've watched every single thing on Netflix and you've learned how to bake bread and sourdough, you should make some of your own extracts at home. And to do that, you want your machine from extract. Craft. I'm so lazy, I can't or even go push to extractcraft.com. Like, oh, oh. I know. I'll ruin your ad, dude. Make whatever you want. <laughs> I'm just saying, I have Lavender to make some, oil, and I have to push a whole button, oil. and I'm already tired. It's like, that's how lazy I am sometimes. It's like, oh, whole button? <laughs> <laughs> one whole button? You just start a little Eto Pro is their nice. big one. Big daddy. It's nice. It's and nice, the source is, nice, is, nice. is their smaller one, which is a which is a good tabletop. And when you're going to make your extracts at home, you're going to need a solvent, and that solvent is called four two o extractor. Booyah! It's right here. Right, and they even have bottles that Adam likes to drink out of. No, I don't drink out of. Yeah, so you go to four two o extractor. You enter done deal at checkout. You get a two. Do we know what two, the done deal is for? I don't know. Who knows? Do we don't know nothing? It's <laughs> one thing we don't know is what's going on. We'll find out later. We'll be like, really? That, we'll, we'll have well, to speak huh? with them and find out. Yeah. Well, actually, just Rosin it. Dogs, buy some right now buy it. and then tell us what the discount and if they, was. If they give you shit, which they probably will, they'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Then you yeah. just be like, all right. And start, we'll go there and we'll start flipping tables over. We'll start so flipping tables over. <laughs> yeah. Who? Check Adam, out. who? What? Huh? But what well, well, there was a while. You know, no, there was a while. The there was a while work. I had no idea because because they were so wrapped up in their uh, freaking hand sanitizer and it was like 
they were in like DEFCON 4 at the place. I was like, I was trying to talk to him about this stuff. And they were like, hand sanitizer? And I'm like, no, 420 extractor, hand sanitizer? I was like, oh my God. They, what, they, you want had, hand sanitizer? Yeah, they were like freaking out. Like, I could hear the alarm in the back. Like, wah, wah, wah. they were like, DEFCON 4. It was gone. Yeah, it was nuts. It was on the day. It was like, I don't know. It was, it was bad. But good shit. You can get it. Like I was going to say. You can get totes of this stuff if you need it, though. Then you want to get fifty-five sure. gallon drums if you want. Order it. that, but for sure, Rosin Dogs order fifty-five gallons right now. One place the done right deal doesn't work <laughs> is at Make fourteen sure. or Boulder. Oh. You're just going to know gonna that's where you should go. I'm sorry you don't get a discount there, but the discount is I told you about this place. Oh, Adam told you about this wow. place. You're not going to go spend money at mm. some place, and you're not going to be happy with the cannabis. Even the, even the, de- even the weed that they've up. named after you is pretty good. So you're like, that must be <laughs> yeah, This right? is bottom of the barrel, I guess, right? I would yeah, imagine. I would imagine, imagine this, this must be the, quite a bit better than this, that. This is the bottom. <laughs> this is where you start at. This is the base level right here. And then you'd work your way up, right? It's, right thanks for showing me that. Now I get it. Your weed must be yeah. really good because this weed is pretty good. And if this pretty Mr. good. Mr. Tugan talked about the strain Santa Marta, right? The Santa Marta gold. Yeah. Well, for me, it was called the truth. And the truth was allegedly a pure Jamaican land race sativa. And there was something about Which is this kind strain. of a misnomer in itself because there's no real. I I know. It's like outer space weed. Like, yeah, you know, smoking weed for the moon, bro. Like, no, it got brought there. Martian dust. You had to bring it there first. Maybe. It's the strain that turned me on to 14er. And when they crossed it, um, uh, the Truth by Deadhead OG, it became DJC because it's a Deadhead Jamaican cross. Happens to be my initials, so they put my face uh, on it. I, they didn't, have we heard this story before? It's like Grandpa. You know, this is like Grandpa uh, with man. the story Grandpa's about the thing. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So you go to 14 Yeah, You place your pre-order, and you go down and you pick it up. It's cash only. One person inside at a time. Wear a mask. Just let them know you're there. You're going to get a text saying your order is done, and that's it. The rosin is amazing. They just do some. That rosin reminds me of the stuff that James Loud made, that white stuff that I was gooping out by the spoonful. It is, you just want to eat it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So go to 14 Enter. You can't enter Dunn Deal, but if you're there, tell them you heard about them on the Adam Dunn Show. Yep. How about that? Yeah, twenty percent off on the rosin. No, twenty percent off. Just, we will get twenty five percent. I'd say off. pick it. I'd say boycott. I'd say go out in front with signs and say DJC sent me here, and I want. <laughs> I, I demand my. I demand my discount. My discount. You, you go ahead and try. Yeah, yeah, that would be <laughs> I'll give you a free pack of seeds. Free pack of seeds. Get a photo. Adam free said, pack if of you seeds. T- if you do that and take a picture of yourself, yeah. you're going to get a free pack of seeds. That's all I got to do is go in front of them, <laughs> boycott them until they give you. you a discount. Yeah, we demand yeah. the done deal. We demand the done deal. Five Fishheadfarms.com <laughs> is where inside. you can get yeah. fish shit. Arms. And if you enter no. done deal at checkout at fishheadfarms.com, <laughs> you're going to get 25 percent off your order. That's they a ship. big deal. It is a big deal because it's it's not. It, it let's just say it's very potent, and it does what it does. That's some potent it, shit. It is potent shit. And if you potent. want to possibly win some, hmm. you have to make a your depiction of Carlos 
No, we already got it. No, we already got that. That's done. Done deal. We've got that. You've got that. that. Yeah. With Carlos? Carlos, yeah, that's already been done and shown, right? No, we please let me see it. <laughs> Carlos with the diaper. Oh, let me see no, we haven't put shown it online. That. We haven't shown it yet? No, or maybe did we show it last I week? We showed it. All right, anyway. Oh, come on, guys. You got to show it to me. <laughs> come on, my friend. Uh-oh. Where is it? No, so, done. so forget about it. So forget about it. I'm telling you, don't worry about it. Don't Check worry. out Fish Shit just, on Instagram. You got to surprise follow us. Just surprise us with something good. You got to use don't their product. Me, if you're growing cannabis, you're growing vegetables, you're growing anything, yeah. try fish it. It's that little extra something that Adam likes to say oh, that, yeah. that just Je makes je it a little, je little je more. Of the fish je je yeah. <laughs> just Make sure you have that. Otherwise, Remember out. to enter done deal at checkout. 25%. It's our biggest done deal. So this is something that everybody needs at home. You probably need this, Carlos. Because we'll you probably you probably get Fight, your pipes dirty. Oh yes, wipes. Okay. You absolutely need them. So the Slurp way you get derps. them is you go to terpwipes.com/slash/dundeal. You don't go to terpwipes and try to enter Dundeal. You go to terpwipes.com/slash/dundeal. The discount will be applied at checkout. Listen, Love it's it. four times the size of a regular alcohol prep pad. It really works. I find I'm using them all the time because they're convenient. You use them, you throw it away, you clean your pipe, your bong, your bowl, all the spots you dripped rosin on your desk. You know, it oh, that's, right that's actually what I end up doing a lot is just yeah. like slapping it down and then <laughs> waiting and waiting. Yes. And then like, Yesterday was kind of cold in my spot, too, because I was at, in the cabin. You're the messiest dabber. Uh, or, was no, dabber. what's even worse yeah. is when you're trying to take a dab and you realize, fuck, why isn't it? Oh, shit. Yeah, and you pull like you pull off the atomizer yeah. and, it, and you pull off the glass and it goops out everywhere. <laughs> you just open up one of these, yeah. scoop it all out of there, clean it up, and it's a done deal. So yeah. go to terpwipes.com slash done deal. Your wipes. discount will be applied don't forget at checkout. Taint. Don't forget the taint when necessary. Don't forget the taint, Carlos. <laughs> okay? When There's necessary. no aloe in this. It's pure ethyl alcohol. It's going to burn like fuck. No, it's very, you know, it's <laughs> you know what it almost smells like, though? It smells like um, brand spirits from fucking... When I was in Australia, they don't really have rubbing alcohol. They do brand spirit stuff. It's got the same, it's the same smell. Something weird. Sorry. It's uh, it'll, it'll be fine. Just do it. Do it. So <laughs> when you have fantastic gear, you're going to need great illumination. So you got to go oh, to Illuminar.com. Killing it, Okay. Dude. Loving it. You enter done deal at checkout. I, I think you get, you know, Adam for a day. I don't know. No, um, I don't know. You get a discount there. You get, you get, we give away one it. of their lamps. Make sure you enter done deal. Make sure you, whoever you talk to, you say done deal. Because we get always accused of not... Thing is, we're supposed to have some sort of code. We don't know the code. Do we ever say a code? I've never been given a code. We never, it's not done the deal. Code is done deal. Always. That's what I say. That's yeah. what I, say. I mean, for some reason, they're like one. Mark, guy. go there no. right now and try to buy a lamp and see if done deal All works. Right. No, no, just send rosin ducks. Do your whole shop through with the done deal with the luminar. Make some, make some, make some right. things happen. Make some shit happen. But no, it's funny because we had to like explain it to them the other day. Like, I'm pretty sure people should. Be using that coupon. So use the <laughs> whatever you do. When we tell you to do that, when we tell you to do it, you have to do it. You have to mm-hmm. do it. Do yeah, it. Do it. March, march into a webinar. Like go in there, get in there, whatever at any means necessary. Yeah. <laughs> no, just slow down, people. Yep. Get into the warehouse. 
Yeah. Breach the warehouse. No, <laughs> no don't do that. No, no, oh, don't do that. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't breach the warehouse. <laughs> don't breach the warehouse, donors. We are giving away a free <laughs> stand land. Down. Stand way. back and stand down. <laughs> nice donors. Put your bong down. Put, put your dabs down. You had to go there. Put we made it over three and a half hours. <laughs> there was down. no political talk except no, when Montel was on not. for a minute. And now you're going there. You're not. You're parodying that fucking cheese ball. <laughs> Stop it. So do. you go to Illuminar.com, <sighs> enter Dun Deal, or ask for the Dun Deal. In two weeks, we're giving away a free lamp. Mm. The only way you can win that lamp is to know the word of the month Which on their on Instagram, Instagram page. You got to follow them on Instagram. You got to know what the word of the month is. Don't put us in a position where we have to fucking coach you Don't on how that. to find it. Don't do and that. the only way we can call you, listen, this With is going to be a number. tough one to follow. Phone number. Carlos, yeah. right? Yeah. You got to send us a phone number. God I mean, an email you. address isn't going to work. Yeah. So you must send your phone number. Yep. And even if you've sent in um, something in the past, He's making it sound way less fun, but you see, notice how the fun part just gets it's knocked gone. out because he's like, <laughs> and then <laughs> if you don't file your taxes, you're like, all right, I'm Send so bored now. I'm out. I don't even want to listen anymore. I would have Send said, us an email at think all the deal. good. Try to say more of the good stuff. Dude. Like it's so easy. All you do, do you want a free land? Shit, yes. Of course. So send an email to Dundeal at adamdunshow.com. And then you got to know the word of the month. That's the hard part because you got to get people to go off. And you got to send us your phone number. There's a lot of rules. That's the whole key, Dave. Bring them back. Got a lot of rules. How do you bring them back, Dave? You got to call during the 8 to 6 hour. If not, we don't pick up. This is when when turp wipes might help. (laughs) (laughs) This is the moment when it might might be helpful. When you want to run the best gear there is... SeedsHereNow.com. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. shit, James, where you sent? Did you send him a link? Yeah, of course. All right, so James, James, he has some big news. So where is he? He had is he big the news. Yeah, He's going to start so. shipping worldwide. No, it's whatever. Don't worry. Don't you worry about it. Hey, 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 hey I got a guy. I know a guy. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that news to go worldwide one day. It's like, yeah, everything's, you know, open. The borders are all open. Uh, I think I have a new strain. Yeah, I think I have a new strain now. Hey, thanks to Wild Monkey Snacks tonight for providing us with those (laughs) yummy, yummy granola peanut butter chocolate snacks. They were fantastic. You can follow them on Instagram at wild monkey snacks and they made me promise to mention no actual monkeys are used in the making of their products okay Good to you know. hear that before any hate mail gets sent to carlos before peter actual monkeys were harmed see we can't Thank stop you. now we can't stop we can't stop doing four hour shows now we're on, we're on a four hour show binge seeds here now <laughs> dot com, and then it's time to say goodbye up to four hours four hours doesn't phase you anymore bro. no it used to be oh, no, once you've done three? 12 you know what the fuck <laughs> oh that's you why almost, i eat a bunch you of edibles you almost, you almost yourself in a, right then you almost really <laughs> fucked up thank you williams <laughs> Okay. Yes. Go thank to you. what's the what's the the website for Montel again? It's Blunt Talk. Let's be blunt. Let's be blunt. Com or dot org. Or yeah, dot. I think it's let's be blunt dot com. Okay, and then with the that's, with, with that's like, a clever name. And with um, right silver with uh, uh, our other guy there, Bobby Tuna. It was I think Silver Tours uh, dot org. 
Yep. Yeah, so. .org. You're right. I know, so, Bobby, yeah. you should be prepared also to get an email or a phone call from Danny Manko. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll be the week after. Yeah, he'll probably break it. He'll probably get you on in four weeks. <laughs> he'll take one of our shows and he'll break it down and it's over the month and that'll be his new show. He'll have Carlos one day and then he'll have separately. He'll break it down so he gets the most out of it. I love Danny Danko. You know that. I kid. I kid Danny. It was Danny Danko. It was it's the Danny's formerly known as Danko Show guy. Who am I forgetting? Yeah. Oh, what? for all of you who listened oh. to my heartbreaking story of spending forty-five dollars mm-hmm. on this animatronic Yoda, yeah, PayPal ruled in my favor. <laughs> nice. Okay, forty-five eighty-eight refunded, yeah. and I get to keep this piece of shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay? That's awesome. That's awesome. So you win. You're a winner. That's funny shit. I was about to say, bro, what sweatshop did they make that, man? That's, that's super cool. Um, yeah, what else we got? Anything? To go New home. York is going to legalize cannabis. Oh, um, Governor Cuomo put forth some some news. Yeah. They're going to have some framework. They have 120 well, Jersey, days to act on it. That's because Jersey's in the game now, so they're like, fuck that. You know, once they see the... I think it was Massachusetts oh, yeah, that did it. Stupid top chatter. Oh, we got to stop doing stupid that. Top chatter. Kidding, oh, God, everybody, that was it. We have one. You know, that's the problem. There's no continuity on this show. That's the biggest problem. We never it used like, to be we, fun, but now Mark has to do work. Like he doesn't like 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 he refuses to do the soundboard because one guy complains, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One guy complains. I'm like hey, soundboard all day. And then so he misses all the good sound fucking notes because he's afraid. He's yeah. I love soundboards. See, he loves soundboards. Look, boom. Them. We have right. one love, and, and, and I know Vinny loves soundboards. I love soundboards. So, and the only person, it's like Dave is like a kind of anti soundboard guy. You can yeah, tell he because he was like a taper kind of guy. And he'd be like, dude, no, I wasn't. You do the thing. I was not you mess a taper. Up my ta- <laughs> you like a taper. No, fuck you're, that. you're like a taper. You were always, you never <laughs> dance near the tapers. They were always so fucking uptight. Yeah. You step on a cord. Yeah. You don't shut the fuck up. Oh, that's your Pinsky. No. You're talking about Pinsky now. Pinsky was a taper. So don't, 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 don't. I dog. never went anywhere yeah. near the char. I, I, Charlie was a taper. No, I didn't mm-hmm. go anywhere near them. I found a spot way up on Phil's side. Where you somewhere could spin where around. Hear, spin. And there was nobody around. Are you spinning around? I didn't spin, no. I wasn't really a spinner. No, you're not like you don't look like a spinner. Now we're talking. Yeah. Oh, shit. See, it got better now. The whole thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, look, he's excited now. Everyone got excited. Party started. Everybody's like, yeah, now that's a fucking show. I hate that. See, he uh, hates it. That's the problem. We, but the problem is we can't have someone else come in because then it'll be like creating. Uh, like if Vinny was hitting that every four seconds, then yeah, we need that. Mark's Say brain, night, Gracie. Yeah, Mark's yeah. brain would explode, <laughs> right? Oh no, no, I don't care. And it would turn into I don't a six-hour show. show. Anyway, It'd be a so six-hour show. <laughs> yeah, but you listen to it. Oh, wow. oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Ooh. Thanks for sticking it out with us, Carlos. Dave, you're, you're getting Tabor hate now. Tabor yeah, hate. Elk, awesome. Elk is ready to punch, go throw down. Why? Just because I wasn't a Tabor? <laughs> they they had a job to do. Elk's I needed uncle. to stay out of their way. Elka's <laughs> uncle was a Tabor. <laughs> I probably knew him, Elka. All right. So anyway, shout out right. to Colorado hey, artist. We, we gotta do top chatter. What do you? Oh, yeah, top chatter, chatter. Oh gosh. And he wins some right. shatter, right? From it's Roz and Dogs Elka or restoring SDS. No. No. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you're dead wrong. <laughs> Who is it? You're At wrong. number three. 
with 115 chats, we have Buddha Boy coming Damn. in third. Ding, ding, ding. Buddha Boy. Didn't right. get that, Buddha. did you? Didn't get that, did you? Where's the fucking soundboard, bro? It's bam, happening. Bam, bam, bam. He did it. He did I know. Oh, now, that's the oh. number one. No, first it's just number a, one. We got to get the build up. All right. Yeah, that's for number one. At number two, the staple with 250 chats, Ross and Dogs. Oh, shit. Ross and Dogs, always, always number two. Yeah, he's Dude, a number two kind of guy. It's not even close. <laughs> because at number one. With a grand total of 557 uh, chats, restoring SDS quality (laughs) is the top chatter. I knew it. And he he puts the most energy into into, uh, the re-flyer combo deal, artwork. Oh, but he posts tons of photos of using an Illuminar light, fish shit, and his his kid made the... so, a fish poster. So add him to the list, and we'll do a big... Um, at the same time we do the Illuminar giveaway, we're going to do a bunch of spins with Mel so that we don't have to do it every week, but we'll do it once a month. How's that? Right? Sweet. Okay. There. So, so Illuminar Day will be spins on things, and that we, way we can add spins to the people who win and stuff. Who so has a list, and who's doing that? Who's... Huh? That's Mel. Okay. Don't worry about it, bro. Okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's right. you, Mark. You now. I'm just, I'm do just it making now. Sure I, don't have I to want do this something. shit official. I want it official, okay. trademarked. No. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Now we have our shit. All right. So end of the month uh, is going to be so look 500 plus chats. I'm going to go. Come on, that's that's off the chart. Hey, next week Andy Bernstein from Headcount. Tony it's going to be, a lot of be fun. hiring in bots. They're going to be getting bots now in Russia. Be like. Why you have so many hits from Russia? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so you have <laughs> machine that just goes. <laughs> yes. With ten thousand responsible for chats. half of the ninety-two thumbs ups, mm. or the, all the thumb downs for sure. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Yes. Um, all, right. all right. So that is it. We're gonna add that to Sweet. the list. It was a killer show. We had like an extra hour there of just. Jibber jabbering. That's how long our ads, are, our ads are close for that. No, it was like 40 minutes or something like that. So. No, they were. They were smuggle stories. They were awesome. The stories were good. Yeah. No, he's talking about the ads. I said the ads at the end. <coughs> oh, that took 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about 30. Yeah, about 30. Yeah, 30. We'll do them quicker. Mm-hmm. Good night. Peace. Fault. Love Dave's you. Dave's fault. Wait, oh, no, don't even start with your... You don't, oh, no, you no, don't no, control, no, you don't no, control no, the no, end of the not, show. We're gonna, we're now we're going extra long. We're in for it. Don't, don't just think you can do that. <laughs> I, gotta, you gotta, I, don't, what, I get no shout-outs in my own show now? Jesus. Let me, let me milk this thing. Uh, Shout-out to nice. Vinny for making sure we sound good over there, double-checking us. Yeah, double, and Mel. Double vending us. Mel for making us actually look like we uh, sort of know what we're doing with and, uh, getting yeah. us on all the platforms and making our shit pop off, which is Everybody good. I forgot. All those people you forgot. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Dave. Thumb nuts. Bagels. Oh, Thank you, Dumb Nuts. Yes, more, more, more um, peanut butter, please. Yeah, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter. If I had some peanut butter, I would have dipped that monkey bar into it. Oh, my God. It been yeah. You, dip oh, my, been you got your monkey bar into <laughs> my peanut butter. That would have been the shit. <laughs> yeah. You got your peanut butter into uh, my monkey It was bar. a tough. The peanut butter, or the, the thing was good. It was a little bit dry that needed peanut butter. It would have been a perfect combo, right? I, I don't know. It. See, I, 
Like, it was good, but it was a little like like know, I get it, burgers it, with no sauce. Like uh, so, I'm one of those guys. guys. I like a, yeah, like, no, I like I get, it. I like I get shit, pickles. I would pickles. That's drippy. Oh, drippier, yeah. drippier, yeah, gross. A little less crumbly. Yeah, man. I don't know. Numbnuts.com. Numbnuts. Those are the shit. Peanut the butter. Peanut THC butter. peanut butter is gone. Yeah, so we need more. If any more, more wants to show more, up, I'm just saying. More. Yeah, more. Yeah. more you know, more numbnuts. Yeah. Okay, and um, who else we got secretly shouting out? Nobody? Yeah, Obviously yeah. all the guests. Uh, shout out to Montel. Shout out to Bobby Tuna. Shout out to Rory. Shout out to Carlos. Shout out to anybody else who uh, potentially was supposed to be on the to show. Jim Belushi, forgot about. who wants to come on the show. Oh, yeah. You shout know, out to Jim Belushi. Come on, Jim. Oh, shit. Jim Belushi. Until he comes boy. on the show. Is he your boy? Until he comes send, on the show. Get him on the show. Yeah. Tell him. Go tell him. Yeah. You Did better get on the show. show. Yeah. Did we have yeah, Redman? Send me the link that day. Redman? No, I never had Redman. No, he won't work out. You tell us. Yo. We have he to get was all... actually chilling with Jose. He yeah. was chilling with Jose at the last uh, fair here in Cartagena. They um, both got to kick it off. All right. We'll send him some uh, photos and tell him that he better come on the show. He better come on yeah. the show. Yeah, just make it sound real, real, yeah. real dangerous. Um, Very dramatic. Dramatic. <laughs> and Nah, we'll get him on. We can, <laughs> we're going to have to step our game up now because we're starting off so hot in the New Year's here. Uh, who knows? You better hurry up. Dave, you got a, you got less than a week to figure it out. All right, don't you worry. You got it lined up. I'm on it. All right. No, I'll get them soon. Yeah, Just and next and then next much. month we're gonna uh, we're gonna be uh, focusing in with a bunch of uh, cannabis women in the industry and all sorts of different types of cool things. That's gonna be lined up. Interesting. I think we have that kind of stacked because we have almost too many. We first we weren't sure, and then all of a sudden we had too many. So we have to do a whole month with the We are going to have Kevin Puffco on the 5th, though, because we booked him a while before we decided okay. to do that. So, so we'll have him on. Oh, but he's bringing in the Valentine's special, right, or something like that, or some like red No, that's glowing. next week. That's going to be Carta oh, after that. Jesus Shit, Christ. I need a Carta, man. Uh, listen to the liquor. He's like, hey, I come on every week. I get some free uh, shit. We'll have a done deal. Yep, that's we'll it. have a done deal for the Cartas soon. Yes, we will. Yeah. And uh, my my birthday is in a month. Just throwing that out there. All right. <laughs> Talk to Adam. That's right. Uh, shout out to Joel. It's his birthday today. Oh yeah. Yep. Happy, birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Shout out. Oh, he's fifty. Uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't see him at all. He, he, he disappeared. I was like, yeah, that's what you do. You either go big or you disappear. <laughs> disappear. I'll see you in a few days. Um, shout out to Ace Stump at the Farm. Shout out to my beautiful wife, Cece, and little Nick. Nick's out cruising around. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys all next week. Thanks for hanging Peace. in. Thanks for dealing with the Thanks, sound, the Thanks, sound issues in the beginning. Thanks, we we got it figured out. It took a while, but it didn't take a while. It took a whole show. No, it just took a second. Oh, it took a second. I don't know. I, you're looking at me looking like, yeah, it took forever. No, no, we figured it out. But All right. It's hard. But it, I like that reggae sound we had for a minute there. That was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, the dub stuff. The dub <laughs> show is dope. I would go back and probably just loop that and turn that into a track. It could be There like, we go. Yeah. If I were bored and I listened to the show, that's what I'd be doing right now. Yeah. yeah if I was bored, locked in a place. I had a yeah, maybe if you want to make sound boards and stuff. Yeah, I'll, if you guys want to play, play st- if you guys want to make anything and send it to yeah. us, send it to... Uh, then, then I'll figure out how to, to do all this. Yeah, and then... Doug Deal at AdamDunnShow.com. Oh, we may have to redo our, our uh, intro at some point because we're getting dinged a lot, aren't we? Is that ever going to happen? I don't know if it's... 
bad it though. Mean anything? It's just cool. Like they like us because they keep <laughs> digging us. Like, hey, we're not. This doesn't really mean anything. But well, here, I don't. Ding, 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 we ding. don't. I just don't want shit to get shut down. So. I don't think shit's getting shut down. Can we remix? Can we remix it so they can't tell? Make it better. <laughs> anyway, whatever. See you guys next week. We'll do a funk version. Peace. Funk. Peace. Oh yeah, we need a funk version. Yeah. With Dave singing. Yep. That sounds. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds funky already. Yeah. Peace out. Yeah. Peace. Practically every one of the top forty records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own This is a special question. We don't want you to smoke genetic and modified We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana, some call it sensor media, some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it... Gun, gun.